Get ready to wear a lot of gold chains, get a mohawk, and do the full-in back-out. That's a gymnastics term. With everybody's favorite real-life 1980s hero. We'd pity you, fool, if you don't hang out for this episode of Watchbox. It really is a gymnastics What you got for me? Hello, everyone. Welcome to WatchBots. This is Ben, and the only 10 I get is on the floor exercise, and I'm joined by Shailen. Hello. What do you get a 10 on? Dishwashing. By Dave. Okay. I get a 10 on the rings. And we're joined and the vault. by our returning friend and guest, Emily. Hey, everybody. I get a 10 on the rack. Ooh, on my yeah. rack, that is. Wow. Yeah. And a 10 for being yeah. 10. Oh, How thanks. the thanks for having fuck me. are you? Welcome back. Oh, you know, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful, was it fucking spring? I don't know. It's, I don't, I don't no, know what day it yet. is. I don't know what year it is. I don't know what the fuck is happening. But uh, I'm making it, making it through. Happy making to be here. Making it. Oh, no, 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 making no, it. No, Welcome, <laughs> Emily. Thanks for having me again, you suckers. I mean, we are suckers for continuing to do this in this like endless time pit, but that's... Like, what the fuck else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? I had a thought today. I was like, man, like the vaccines are rolling out. People are... We're living now. The numbers are going down. Like, pretty soon we're going to be back to normal. And I was like, I can't wait. What's the first thing I'm going to do when like we're back to normal? And then I was like, nothing. <laughs> I'm do the same thing I did before, which was podcast ass, with my friends. I'm going to play the video life. game that I've been playing yeah. for two fucking months that I can't get through. <laughs> uh, and nothing will change. And that's okay. I know. TV is still really amazing right now, you guys. It's a golden that's what they age. Say. Like, I don't think anything is going to change. I'm still going to be binging stuff on Netflix. Bridgerton. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a golden age that I watch uh, 35-year-old wrestling and... <laughs> Uh, cartoons. The Bachelor. I uh, have turned off, off the, bachelor the Bachelor lately. A uh, lot of a lot of turmoil going on in Bachelor Nation. Have been watching Old Survivor and Iron Chef. So, you know, I, I mean, I guess if the golden age is that you can access everything, then yes, I agree. I agree. Well, and now there is going to be. I think I heard somewhere that there is a herpes um, vaccine or cure or something. <laughs> You're so, going to say a herpes um, TV show. <laughs> that's what I would watch. <laughs> Snores Mahershala Ali. You follow an animated herpes. herpes. the love bug. But it, it would be. Uh, <laughs> but it, I think it'll make a huge difference for all those kind of bachelor-esque reality shows because apparently mm-hmm. the herpes screening is what kept a lot of people out. So really, they true? Can throw oh. them. I'm passing the rumor along. It's true anyway. (laughs) It's certainly not abusive behavior or being a racist because, boy, that seems to come up with a lot of these people. Yeah, that does not prevent people from being on those shows. I don't want to get into this serious conversation. We're here to have a lark. And there is so much shit going on in the world. 
so much pop mm-hmm. culture stuff, we can't possibly talk about it all. So I'm going to lay out some potential topics. You guys tell me what you want to go through here. We've got okay. murder, energy drinks, railroads, food combinations, and game meat. Pick one topic that you want to talk about out of all of those. I think we should let our guest pick. Railroads. You want to talk about railroads? So we're talking about Punky Brewster today. Um, (laughs) This week, there's a brand new Punky Brewster show. Somebody was pulling a train on Punky Brewster. (laughs) They got, no, so Punky Brewster and Sherry, of course, got in an argument playing a game of Monopoly about if it was called Reading Railroad or Reading Railroad. And that's the connection that I've made. Who was right? It's Reading Railroad. But which one said it was Reading oh, Railroad? Jesus, I don't remember the plot well, to Punky Brewster. you're not a fan Brewster. at all, are you? I only remember how hunky that Henry was. That's why I called him Hunkry. Anyway. <sighs> Shailen says fans only. Fans only, according to Shailen. <laughs> I'm going to gatekeep that for you. There's a brand new Punky Brewster series that's premiering this week. And I don't know. Have we reached the bottom of the barrel? We've reached the bottom of the barrel like five years ago. Fuller House before you started this. I'm aware. Fuller House had an audience because people really liked Fuller House, right? Or Full House. Yeah. Saved by the Bell. Like it sort of makes sense. It's them and it's older, but it's like Punky Brewster. Like who could possibly want to? Oh man, I wonder what Punky's up to in her 40s. Like that's fucking sad. It's the same concept as Fuller House, but for older people. And I think it really boils down to people are stuck in their houses. And they're nostalgic. And so someone was like, we can make money off people being locked in their houses. Mm-hmm. This is already like the plot exists. I think I am the punky Brewster generation, right? Like that so are you was excited my about this? Heyday. No, I don't yeah, there's, think. There's millennials, there's Gen Z, and then there's punky Brewster generation. <laughs> the PP is the, the subset between. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that we're as nostalgic about our youth as the 90s kids are. I think that there's a little bit of a bittersweetness because things were much grainier you know, back in the 80s and not very satisfying in a lot of ways. Like sand. Oh, I hate sand. It's so grainy. It's it everywhere. I think you're right <laughs> that it, people from your generation are less nostalgic, but I don't think that the people producing the TV show and selling the ad space are aware of that because they're great. No, they will players. be when no one fucking watches that garbage. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They brought back Punky and Sherry and Henry's corpse was exhumed and he's in it and <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr.'s in it. And oh man, did they just have like a taxidermied Henry? <laughs> it's, it's like we can holograms. His body is in the fridge that Cherry locked herself in once. <laughs> oh, I love that locking yourself in fridges. That was a beautiful thing. My mom was. Yeah, that was a big thing. Like, the don't... idea that I might do that, but I, I wasn't playing in a junkyard. But I think it was from those old, the really old ones that like latched on instead of, so once those were phased out, I guess Mm -hmm. maybe they were in the junkyards where a lot of kids were playing. Yes. Not me. (laughs) Yes. It's classy. It's the golden age of TV. It's also the golden age of like weird cross promotion, especially with COVID. So let me explain to you how this Punky Brewster news came to mind for me. (laughs) The other night I was getting ready to eat and I just, I flipped on TV and wrestling happened to be on. And wrestling, instead of having crowds now because of the sickness, they've got this big LED board set up with lots of webcams. So it looks like you're on this big Zoom call. It's very dystopian. It's very sad. But I turned it on and they were zoomed in. And you know, like when you zoom in on a webcam, it looks like grainy shit. 
This was four webcams zoomed in. They like they put a telestrator line around it, and they said, "Yeah, these are the stars of Punky Brewster." And I was like, "What? What am I watching?" Coming to Peacock, and I thought to myself, "Like, like the original show? Like, what? What is this cross promotion?" And then I did my research, and I saw Punky Brewster from 2021, and I went, "Huh, huh," and I sat back and. Like I let it wash over me like a wave, and I thought, yeah, that this is probably a good way to find out about this. <laughs> Wrestling broke it to me gently. You you took us behind the curtain there, Ben, because I was, was that? <laughs> I was happy believing for a while that you just happened to follow all Punky Brewster news, like you were <laughs> <laughs> following the hashtag. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, mismatch socks. You've just <laughs> been crossing your fingers since 1989. Yeah, like, please come back. I'm uncovering. <laughs> Myself is the webmaster of uh, punkybrewster.geocities.com. Uh, go there. Your Twitter handle is Honky Brewster. <laughs> click, <laughs> click on my guest book. Leave your name. It's taken a while, but we're back. We got our petition on change.org. Finally, I know what you were mailing every single day. It was petitions yeah. to Peacock to get the, that mm-hmm. made. Yes. I, I feel like the, you know, there's so much content on, on Peacock. You probably could have had a better crossover than punky brewster and wwe like it's like why (laughs) why is it that because people how can i word this nicely Uh, it's because of silial moon fries boobs that's why that's the crossover yeah i was really getting a a fucking eyeful of her hooters through that webcam no i'm saying that the audience who is watching pro wrestling also likes boobs what the fuck everybody likes boobs shailen it's a particular subset there's a venn diagram there i'm telling you of wrestling fans and guys who like boobs specifically the ones that venn diagram is a perfect circle specifically (laughs) large boobs (laughs) reduction at an early age boobs still a perfect circle like george michael's ass yeah oh my (laughs) like the the like the band with the tool lead singer you know is Peacock like the worst name for a service ever? Hmm. It has like, the words P and cock in it, so I'm yeah, all for I, it. Like I feel like like I want to do like a little Peacock stride anytime I, I tune into Peacock. That means their marketing is working then. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's not the like, worst what, What's the verb? Like, you know, like people are like, oh yeah, I Netflix that or whatever. Like, I'm peacocking the, the, it. I peacocked yeah. that? It's, um, I think that's already in use somewhere. Little, little dirty. <laughs> it's, it's, little like, dirty NBC. It's like the little head strut, you know, like. You're walking around like a peacock. You're peacocking it. Please continue to make that motion while you're talking. No, I can't. Now we're all doing it. Yeah, see? Can you hear this, folks? Uh, I can hear the air. Hashtag peacocking it. Now, the answer is Quibi, by the way. That was the worst one. (laughs) Uh, That's true. R.I.P. All right, Quibi, as it were. So, (laughs) you know, speaking of things that desperately need to come back, this week we are talking about Mr. T, the man, the myth, the animated (gasps) series. And... Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the man <laughs> behind the show, but Dave, you this was a, a you selection. You know, why? We watched Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Correct. A Ruby Spears production. And in that research, I rediscovered that Mr. T had a cartoon, but from the same uh, same production company. And then I remembered that our esteemed co-host, Emily, loves Mr. T. I really love Mr. So T. So I thought Let's unpack this cartoon, and who better to do it than our resident Mr. T expert? Oh, let's unwrap this Mr. T. Just like a box of candies. Box of muscular (laughs) chocolate candies. It's a box box of Russell Stover's you just opened. You don't know what you're going to get in there. 
I will defer that question to to Emily, and I'll start off with Emily. Why do you love Mr. T so much? So, what's your? I love there? that combination of being just like a sweetheart, wholesome dude with just mm-hmm. this crazy, bombastic, you know, big, tough kind of persona. Like he's just the strength is gentle and gentle is strong, and I just fucking love it. And I used to watch this cartoon all the time so much, like. <laughs> that I, uh, you know, like I was in gymnastics and when the, all this was coming out and I remembered the song when I watched, like I hadn't watched this since it was on the air. So I remembered the song and the song has been, the theme song from the show has been playing in my head randomly for the past, what, 30 some years. Mr. Um, T. I have that, but with the Batman, the animated series theme song, just always in my head when I'm doing something I think is cool. I have that with Fantastic Max. So <laughs> <laughs> every time you changed your your son's diaper, <laughs> he's well past diapers. Uh, it has not changed. The four plant diapers. <sighs> Meanwhile, I just whenever I'm in a situation that's borderline on safety, I can hear Robert Stack describing my last actions before I disappeared. <laughs> yeah. If you have any, if you have seen Shailen, <laughs> now, I want to talk about Mr. T, the man, for a minute here. Man. But before I do. Take a take a step behind the curtain. We have one rule, one simple rule when it comes to picking shows to watch. And that rule is mm-hmm. I need to be able to get a version of the show so that I can do like our production shit and pull our clips and stuff. This was nearly You're impossible. Pulling our week. clips? Stop. Yes. I am also a, a gentle man with a bombastic, strong exterior. Strong and gentle, <laughs> gentle and strong. Mr. T, the cartoon, exists on Tubi. And paid YouTube, which you can't download, and literally nowhere else. So I had to rig up like screen recorders and like all this wacky shit to get a version of this <laughs> to I play whatsoever. Tell me this. Well, you know, because I wanted to save it for the show. I and haven't then you- really been <laughs> dropped this many f bombs about anything. I'm telling my in story. Years. YouTube fucking mislabeled the episode, so I paid two dollars for this episode, right, on YouTube, and then it was the wrong episode. So I screen recorded it, and I went to go like pull shit, and it, like he's talking about fucking meeting people and i was like this isn't this isn't right so then i had to find it on tubi a real travail i don't think it'll come through in the final thing come on it's a mitzvah you got to watch another episode of mr t but oh silently right so like i had my laptop the way it works is like (laughs) it will show you the video but the audio is being pulled through the magic of the computer or whatever Uh so it's just the cartoon playing silently and i thought this is like (laughs) It's like how I'll die, like this weird torture chamber of just this weird cartoon that makes no sense. Like I can't even like hear it to enjoy it. I'm just like looking at it going, when does it end? So I can hit stop and like hope that this recorded. And it took fucking four tries to get this thing recorded. So I this episode played on my computer five times, I think. <laughs> so I feel well acquainted with it. He died doing what he what he loved. <laughs> Watching silent versions of Ruby Spears cartoons. Struggling to pull audio from a 37-year-old cartoon or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) While cussing about it. Yeah, while cussing about it. I'm a man. I can cuss. It was I feel like you should have gone full Mr. T and like just got a boom box and set it in front of the computer and like yelled at the computer until the computer. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I would have done. Yeah, that would have been the true T way, but I I guess I wasn't inundated by that point. So Mr. T. I don't want to overstate it, but I think the man's an American institution at this point. For those who don't know him, he is an enormous man, huge muscles, wears a lot of tank tops, wears a lot of gold chains, says, I pity the fool. Everybody knows Mr. T. Mohawk. 
I learned more about Mr. T this week than I had known previously. And like, I'm now endlessly fascinated by the man. He started off as a bouncer and then he became a really good bouncer. So like he won a tough man competition on an NBC show called games. People play like he won like the world's toughest bouncer. And then, it's like America's toughest guy or yeah. something like that. Yeah, it's like a, yeah. like American Ninja Warrior, but when it was just like people who weren't who actually had like shitty day jobs. As yeah, bouncer. America's toughest guy is a is a competition I would come dead last in. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's not just America's toughest well, dude. It's it was that it was like a segment on a show called Games People Play. Like in the eighties, we just had nothing you know like now we're creatively <laughs> bankrupt but then we just we had no ideas like what's I a show we could put on the air games people play actually a reference to a book that was written about the style of interaction people have with each other so it's just a reference you didn't get because at the time you were negative how fucking old ben uh mm-hmm. i would have been negative four yeah well mm-hmm. i was six or something so yeah. I oh, yeah, you were, you were getting all those book references now? Books. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alternative title for uh, for Watchbots was podcast about cartoons. <laughs> Games people play. And Shalen's divorce. Games people <laughs> say. <laughs> yeah. So after he won this competition, he became a bodyguard to the stars. And he was like such a personality that he claims he was getting offered to do weird things like assassinate people. So like he was yeah. offered to be a hitman through the mail and weird shit like that. But he was also noticed by one Sylvester Sly Stallone. And Stallone was so enamored with this guy and his personality that he cast him as Clubber Lang in Rocky Three. He gave him the line, I pity the fool. And it was just sort of his public takeoff. So he, after that, he became an actor. The A-team, everybody knows as B.A. Baracas. He was <laughs> in this cartoon, which we'll talk about in a sec. He was just everywhere. He was in wrestling. He was a professional wrestler. He was a professional was wrestler. WrestleMania one, two, one and two. So he was in the one and two, he was yeah. in the main event of WrestleMania one, teaming with Hulk Hogan against the team of Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And that was so successful he came back for WrestleMania two a year later, where he did a fake boxing match with Roddy Piper, which is maybe the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And awesome. then he was inducted into the wrestling hall of fame in mm-hmm. for at WrestleMania 30. And it was honestly the best and worst acceptance speech for anything I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes. And I still quote it to Ben to this day. Cause we were there and it was fucking awesome and horrible. Yes. We were in new Orleans for WrestleMania that year. And every year the WWE and a celebrity in that year, it was Mr. T. He went on talking about his mother for so long that they literally had to send out uh, Hell's favorite demon, the corporate Kane, to get him off the stage. Like they started playing <laughs> Kane's music, and then the music played while he dragged Mr. T off the stage. And I don't think Mr. That T was had planned. no idea. He was um, looking around trying to figure out why the lights were red. Yeah. <laughs> by God, by God, Mr. T's talked everyone to death. <laughs> Mr. T also in his his heyday put out a motivational video slash album called "Be Somebody." or Be Somebody's Fool, where half of it is him rapping, where the raps were written by a a pre-famous Ice-T. Mr. T had his own cereal, so he was just everywhere. DC Cab, the excellent (laughs) film. The guy's like Forrest Gump. That's true. That's true. A real-life Forrest Gump. It's like, yeah. So how do you take this guy, this personality, 
this larger-than-life fella and translate him into his own animated show? Well, you bring in well-known purveyors of of licensed Drek, Ruby Spears, who did mm-hmm. Chuck Norris. They did pretty much every licensed cartoon under the sun. Gilligan's Island, for Christ's sake. Rambo. <laughs> and you say, have at it. Plug this guy in. So this was shepherded by two dudes with with real like heavy hitter comic book backgrounds. So there you have Steve Gerber, who worked a lot in Marvel Comics, created Howard the Duck, uh, which is crazy. And a guy named Martin Pasco, who worked for DC Comics for a long time, did a lot of Superman. So people who had real kind of creative chops to them. And what they came up with was the idea of Mr. T as a badass gymnastics coach where he travels the country with his traveling gymnastics teams and they solve Scooby-Doo mysteries. That's, um, that's where they ended up with this. I mean, it's not the worst concept. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's delightful. It's like, what what are these things that don't go together, but that are somehow popular? All right. Here is this tough guy, right? Like, you know, wrestling bodyguard dude. And uh, here are little um, little children in leotards. Yeah. Yes, children in leotards. Let's put these things together because gymnastics was having a huge heyday then. It's true. Mary Lou Retton uh, and the Carrie Strug. It was big. Nadia Comaneci. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Kerrigan, you know, all, all these yeah. folks. Kerrigan. <laughs> Shut Kerrigan. Up. Some real some real strong ca- characters here. Brian Boitano. <laughs> so we had a uh, a Japanese girl with a photographic memory. We had an indigenous American whose grandfather was accused of a crime. Uh, we had a girl whose uncle is a magician who was once a burglar. So rich, <laughs> heavy backstories to all these characters. <laughs> you had Mr. T himself. This is another one of those shows where they never really explain, is this the Mr. T in the, the live action part that we'll talk about? Or is it the Baracus? Or is it like some alter ego? Because I've seen alter ego here. And it's like, so there's like an alternate world Mr. T where he's a camp counselor and he's also a traveling gymnastics coach, but he's still Mr. T. Like that's that's sort but of the premise of you're flying. asked to think of. Is he? Like he's still uh, afraid of flying in this one too. Yeah. There's okay. like, I ended up going down the rabbit hole and watching a, a lot of Mr. <laughs> T episodes. <laughs> Oh, so he's like John Madden with the Raiders. Like he can't, he can't go on planes. Like he, but that was that was this deal from uh, A Team, right? Yeah. I wonder okay. if it, I wonder if the real Mister T is actually afraid of planes. It, it, do you think that, or possibly that this is in A Team canon? Who's to say? Oh, could be. Can I take this opportunity to share my favorite Mister T trivia? Yeah, yeah. He, it's it's and you have to call it Mister T trivia. Mister T trivia. <laughs> he revealed on Conan O'Brien that the more money he gets paid for a gig the more chains he wears. Okay. So whenever you see him appear on screen, if it's like one or two gold chains, it's like, oh, this is kind of a cheap thing. But if he's wearing like 15 of them, you know that they paid him really well. Can I give you my favorite Mr. T Rivia? Yeah. It's also related to the chains. After (laughs) Hurricane Katrina, he stopped wearing the gold chain so much because he felt like it was showing off. (laughs) So really (laughs) changed his life. He maintains the Mohawk though. He has a daughter who's a comedian. I don't know. <laughs> the, the Mohawk's not garish, like 50 gold chains around your neck. The Mohawk is... Understood. When, when you see the live action yeah. parts of this, the, the amount of gold chains, it's like a, a Lenny Kravitz scarf made of gold chains. <laughs> yeah. It's just like swathed around this guy. And you're like, is that He's got a lot of what? muscles. He must have the strongest neck I've ever, like, in existence. He could pick up the Empire State Building with his fucking neck. His trapezius He's- muscles are unmatched. Unmatched. It's true. You, you got to work those traps. Those are show muscles for sure. So the show itself, really versatile. I took a look through 
every episode here. Thank you. Out of, <laughs> out of the 30 episodes, how many of them would you guys guess are titled some offshoot of like mystery of the blank or the blank mystery? 90%. Okay. 28. Okay. 97%. Similar ballparks here. It would be all of them. <laughs> Every single episode here is either like <laughs> the Williamsburg mystery or the mystery of this or the caper of that. Just well, the literally. Thing I love about like every single the, one. The, the episode we chose is the, right, Dave, the um, Cape Cod mystery. The Cape Cod mystery. And in the or intro, is he it? actually calls it the Cape Cod caper. And you're like, that's Which so much what? a better name. What the fuck? Why didn't yeah. It was right that? there. Right? He said <laughs> it. But then it says Cape Cod caper on the title card, but most places call it Cape Cod mystery. And, you know, it's that kind of sloppy shit that drives me wild. Drives me up a tree. I don't know. And maybe that's why you had a hard time finding the episode, Ben, because not even the actors and writers could get it right. All my years of Googling failed me. <laughs> and not, not because it's an obscure piece of shit or anything, but so... <laughs> We talk a, obscure, yes. We talk a lot about shows that have like one season and seven thousand episodes. I will admit I don't understand how licensing or like contracts work because this show had three seasons, thirty episodes, which means the lifespan of this was over two years. But it was like they just ran out of money a couple of times. I I truly don't know, but I find it interesting. I mean, I I can't imagine that it wasn't popular. I, I feel I like I watched, every, <laughs> I watched every, but gymnastics was popular. Mr. T was popular. The cereal was a, was a big hit. Probably People love cereal. I was sitting there in front of the TV every week. You know, couldn't wait for Mr. T. Well, you know, maybe you were sitting in front of the TV watching the Cape Cod Caper, which was written by Janice Diamond. Uh, we talked Based about on the her at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she sounded like a Bond villain. Um, this is the woman who self-described as having like a big role in the writing of Law and Order. She wrote on eight Law and Order episodes. We'll probably know her better for writing on a bunch of like ass cartoons and also being credited as the creator for the Muhammad Ali cartoon. So, I mean, if you're going to be credited as the creator for something, don't get too big for your britches, Janice. You know, like. Those eight Law and Order episodes were the last thing she ever wrote. Maybe she died. I don't know. Uh, there, there are limits to how far I research these writers, but <laughs> fucking embrace your roots. Every episode of Law and Order is dedicated to Janice Diamond. <laughs> it's yeah, it's no longer created by Dick Wolf. It's created by Janice Diamond, aka <laughs> yeah. Dick, in, Dick Wolf in, in memoriam. <laughs> and this one aired on November twenty fourth, nineteen eighty four. I was alive. I was alive. Yeah, I was, I, I was nine. I pity the fool that doesn't have context. <laughs> what else was going on at that point while all of us were alive? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Ooh, what were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. I found that they had released like a ride inside a team van, which was obviously prescient, but I was like, that's so cool. The picture's like a kid and his knees are almost out of this a team van that he's like using as a pedal car. That's pretty sweet. That is awesome. How much do you think that would cost to procure the state? I do not know the cost at which it would take to get a hold of such a thing. Okay. Beyond your means, I would expect. Probably. That I mean, was my question. I see that you're you're browsing social media. You could you could do something productive, like look up how expensive the 18 van is. But I don't want to take you away from <laughs> from what you're doing there. I asked a question on social media earlier today regarding Mr. T. So mm-hmm. this is actually research I'm doing. Jalen. I want to diverge here. Is it true 
that you tried to politicize a, a home decoration group no, on Facebook. No, I was not politicizing <laughs> anything. Let's tap into this. What was happened? This about the uh, Overstock guy being a fucking horrible Trumpy? No, it's okay. about I was so I was in a home decorating group on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And someone suggested I check Hobby Lobby for something. And I said, thanks. And then she said, have you checked yet? And got aggressive about it. And I said, I don't shop at Hobby Lobby. And that was all I said. I said nothing beyond that. And I got a warning from the admin of the group. A strike. for No, it's not a strike. And they very specifically said they could tell that I was using restraint but that I was being warned to not get political in the group. Because they had been warned about you. Who would have warned? No. <laughs> Unless you warned them, Ben. Oh, you're, you're a well-known Facebook rabble rouser. Not in that group. That's true. Why is Hobby Lobby like oh, not a good place, oh, Jalen? Or were you just like, I don't shop there? Well, I don't shop there on account of the fact that they are anti-LGBTQ+. Mm-hmm. They are anti-female. Okay, okay. They anti are birth also... control being paid for by their insurance. They're also Fuck international that. smugglers of precious ancient goods. It is well documented <laughs> by like the state. Like Indiana Jones style? Yes. Oh, boy. I, I was against like Hobby Lobby, but... a great cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> They literally have like the gold cross of El Dorado. <laughs> they've had people go to like Iran and steal things mm-hmm. and then illegally ship them into the country disguised as like teacups. Do they have a French archaeologist on their team? Probably. Oh boy. <laughs> what about an, an American businessman. <laughs> it just wants the power <laughs> of the cup. <laughs> I remember I was um, I, I I was freelancing I was freelancing for Hobby Lobby and they sent me to this uh this <laughs> I can't disclose a location, but I had to pass three tests to get the thing that they wanted me to strip back to them. Ultimately, it was, was just me kneeling before. Put a clock in your mouth. Yeah, was, oh, yeah, boy. and then I had to kneel before God. Oh boy, I, I was going to say the final test was like shoving the Ark of the Covenant in a condom up your ass to get through <laughs> metal yeah. detector. Yeah, I'm an artifact mule. The penitent man kneels before God and puts semi-precious stones up his nose to get through. The penitent costumes. man bends over. It took a lot of poppers, but it just, boy, it just didn't work. Anyway, top movies in November 1984. Number one, Supergirl, the spinoff of Ooh. the Christopher Reeve Superman series. Bummer. A well-known box office bomb uh, starring Faye Dunaway in a villain role. Bad movie. Bad movie. Number two, Missing in Action. So a uh, Chuck Norris film a flim flam film here <laughs> <laughs> that movie grifted me <laughs> three card money son of a bitch i want my seven dollars <laughs> back apparently ben saw it in the 1930s so it was only yeah. you know, a nickel to get into the movie <laughs> but with it was, inflation it's a sawbuck and a i don't know a shoe shine number three movie a little flick you might have heard of the terminator could not unseat Supergirl or Missing in Action. How many weeks um, had it been in the box office at that point? Five. Huh. <laughs> Don't ruin my narrative. <laughs> I was like, if it was week 300, then I guess it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But 300, great movie. Anyway, let's get into to Mr. T here. Yeah. Somebody that even Hobby Lobby can support. And let's start with the song. It's got to be. 
goes on like that you know about two and a half more times this song kicks ass another i'm saban shuki levy joint i feel like they wrote every cartoon song that ever existed because they're ever. good at it they're really good at it do you think they just went in a room for like one month and produced all these songs and they were like use it wherever you want it doesn't matter we spun gold give us all the money the year that one month i want to know how many of these songs they created beforehand and they made a call and they were like, hey, if you create this cartoon, we have a kick-ass song for it. I don't think they had that kind of pull in the 80s. I really like the idea that they were like, what if there was a Mr. T cartoon? And then they goofed off and wrote the song. And then, <laughs> you know, when I see pictures of, of Spawn and Levy, I see a couple of classic, couple of classic goof-offs. What a couple of goofballs. They're huge Mr. T fans. Like, we just watched Rocky Three, and we saw Clubber Lang. We were like, this is his fucking music. Yeah. Here you go. Make a cartoon. It could be anything. We also broke up a lot of Cheerios and glued them together into little teas. And we've made cereal for Mr. T as well. We were in Africa on behalf of Hobby Lobby. And we were smuggling some blood diamonds. <laughs> we were trying to jam up each other's asses. And we thought, man, here is a song for the tea meister. <laughs> what a bunch of goofballs these guys You are. never know when inspiration will strike, Ben. This is a really weird intro, by the way. So the song is great. It, it, it's a bop. But <laughs> if you don't know what the show is, seeing kids doing gymnastics and just weird bubbles coming up and popping <laughs> and Scooby-Doo looking characters, it's... It's yeah. tantalizing. It's also there's <laughs> yeah. also some like silhouettes going on. So it's like the like a, a James Bond theme yes. song, like but kids doing gymnastics. It's kind of you know you put those together like and it's, uh, it takes you to an icky song. place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, like James Bond. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, he likes small ages, but I'm sure he's done some unsavory things. So here's the here's the thing I realized after watching this and not having seen it since I was a kid. I was a member of a traveling competitive squad not for gymnastics okay. but for debate and we would travel <laughs> but with for debate. A mental gymnastics but for debate. mental exactly <laughs> but we would travel and our our um, coach was mm-hmm. this big tough black guy and his name was mr timmons <laughs> huh. and we would sometimes have to like tell the school that we were off on a college visit when we were secretly going to debate tournaments that the school wouldn't support us missing school for so we like what? had this yeah really messed up You're, so you had like a fight mr. club t. debate and thing I, going yeah and I, I think that mr t uh the cartoon paved the way for me to think oh this is normal this is this is what a regular uh redheaded teenager does thanks so <laughs> did you stumble into a lot of mysteries despite not being like a a, a mystery solving crew, I think crew one of the mysteries was how i got so drunk that i threw up at the, uh, at the at one of the tournaments um like how much did I drink was the mystery of that night. But uh, I want to spend like the next two hours talking about this. How far did you travel? Is it in the same state? Did you go? No, no, we went out. Did of you state. take it on tour? We we I, drove. Crazy. Sometimes we went. We drove cross country. We drove to um, Kentucky at one point from Dallas, the Dallas but, area. We oh, flew right. to Chicago. We flew to New York. I'm, I, I'm and nobody knew. Here. Like nobody figured out this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. sometimes Were all it was of them unsanctioned. Okay. No, sometimes it was not sanctioned, though, because the school said you used too many days. Like, you missed too much school. Those debates are unsanctioned. Put them in the cage. But we, were, we weren't going to let that stop us. We were going to keep uh, 
It's a barbed wire debate match. You lose one of those unsanctioned debate matches, you got to kill one of your team members. Just slit their fucking throat. It would have been the first one. Bare knuckle debates. Drink the blood. It's just wild to me. I can't. I can't even fathom like going across the country for debate. But now it puts this whole show in context because I was like, why? Like, what is this like all star gymnastics team that Mister T coaches and they just go places? But now you have showed us. That it's possible for something happen. even more strange that you wouldn't <laughs> think you would go cross country for. So, I was not part of the the traveling squad, but when I was in high school, <laughs> we had a marching band come to play with us. That they were traveling from. They came from Wisconsin and just what? kept stopping at different high schools Shailen, to play marching band with us. Your depression era group of hobos that you hung around with. <laughs> When you were 40 years old, does not count. It's like the Harlem Globetrotters, except for there's just a fucking marching band. <laughs> we, we sat on like the wacky antics. <laughs> it was the only time I've ever played bass clarinet with more than one person at a time oh, in the same place. fuck. You must have been going crazy. That's, so that's fucking unsanctioned. That's you can't do that. Unsanctioned bass clarinet. Oh. Bare knuckle marching bands. Two bass clarinets too close together. That's what caused the big one, the big earthquake in California in 1990. It was three of us. Oh. There were th- that's three what caused of the us. expulsion from the Garden of Eden. So it made that. the levees break. Anyway. <laughs> Jeez. San Andreas Blow, fault line. Gabriel, blow. Listeners, we want to hear from you. What, what is like the most mundane, unsanctioned activity that you've been a part of? Hit us up. Hashtag, <laughs> boy, uh, <laughs> breaking no laws. <laughs> Transporting minors across state line. I mean, our parents were fine with it, which is part of the problem with my parents. Breaking good. (laughs) But now, like now, I like I feel fucking pathetic because I can't think of like one unsanctioned thing that I've ever been a part of. You can't. Didn't you like move a couch like all around a campus one time? Yeah, but that's that's not like a group activity. You know what I mean? Did you carry it by yourself? That's me being punk as fuck. Okay, being a, a rap scallion. You being hardcore. That's, that's not like I like when I was on the math team in high school. We weren't fucking sneaking off to like the bathroom to do equations <laughs> in competition with like another Catholic school. We weren't stand and deliver. Yeah, people. People thought you were masturbating in there, but really you were just you know solving the square roots of things. Hey, you know what? A little column A, a little column B, right? It's a stressful time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> calculus is hard. Sine, cosine, and fapping. <laughs> so anyway, the show starts off with some uh, some live action nonsense here, and yes, Mr. T does. is wearing okay. So he's wearing a camouflage t shirt, and it's the tightest mm-hmm. shirt I've ever seen. We've talked about he's got like fifty pounds of gold chains. He's wearing tight baseball pants, mismatched. No, no, no tube those socks. are sweatpants that are just rolled up. I think. Okay. I think they're regular sweatpants. They're bright yellow. I mean, we have a lot to say about whoever was responsible for the wardrobe, both mm-hmm. live action. Oh, and that, that was a that was a full here. pick. That was a full T pick for sure. And <laughs> where in the show he's a gymnastics coach. Here he appears to be a camp counselor because he's doing archery with about five kids and then one kid who looks like he's seventeen. <laughs> and <laughs> they're shooting arrows and. Boy, there's just there's just so much shit happening. Let me play a little little Mr. T audio because this really sets the tone for the episode. You both did good. You're real proud of your sister, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Your family is the first team, the best team. But that's not the way it was with Robin when the team was in Cape Cod for a meet. Robin got jealous of her brother Spike when he took the attention away from her for something that he saw. 
something that wasn't even supposed to be there, something that ended up getting the whole team in the mess of trouble, something you're going to see right now, the Cape Cod Caper. Nope, not not the episode that, name, that's Mr. Quite. T. But tell but me, you couldn't I, listen to that for hours. I could listen to that forever. So I compared this to the intros and outros that Chuck Norris had in Karate Commandos. Mm-hmm. He was just talking to a camera in this dojo, probably shot it in one day, and he had no passion whatsoever. He's like, "Don't use violence to solve problems, or you know, believe in yourself. Don't give up." Mr. T is so genuine; it is so infectious. Like I was like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> Family is the big team there, T. I'm I'm with you, man. Hundred percent. I completely agree. Like, I don't get along with all of my family all the time, and in fact, most of the time, I spend mocking my my family <laughs> because I just do. What a goofball! Um, and when That's he said off. this, I was like, "Oh shit! Should I be like nicer to them? Like, Mr. T, I should be listening to you." <gasps> yeah, That's like it. I heard Mr. T, and I texted my mom. I was like, "Hey, I just wanted to say I, I love, I love you." you. Okay. <laughs> Gentle reminder. I forgive you for everything. You're my first team. We're the, the other, first team. The other thing I love about this is like Mr. T doing this, sort of previewing what happens in the episode to come. It's like a Greek chorus. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It is like a Greek like, chorus. Why for would sure. they choose that structure? Why wouldn't he just leave? But it's, he wanted it spelled out. He wanted it. Mr. T is all about clarity. Yeah. He's all about saying what needs to be said. Deus T. Machina. Well, there's a. <laughs> When you talk about public speaking, one of the principles that they teach you is at any given time, a third of your audience is listening. A third of your audience is like starting to to not pay attention. And a third of your audience is just starting to pay attention. And a third of your audience is picturing you in your underwear. So if he tells you beforehand, <laughs> like, this is what happened in the episode, then he captures the people who are going to fade out. And then the episode happens and that captures the the second group. And then at the end, when he sums it up, he's getting like that last piece. So everyone who watches has the opportunity to learn the lesson. You put a lot more thought into that than they did at any point. <laughs> What's the group that's 100% enraptured for the whole 22 minutes? Because I fall into that group. I, I couldn't, the I couldn't pull myself away from this. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I nailed you to the wall. <laughs> Save it for the unsanctioned podcast, Ben. Oh, don't what tell him about that. Goofballs. He's not invited. Oh, yeah, that's right. You, you all don't have the recording equipment, so everything that I do is sanctioned. Now, what are we talking about? This fucking Mr. show? T. Okay, With so, the worst bow and arrow I've ever seen. That girl was bad at it. Yeah, I've seen a lot of bad bow and arrowing in my day. She ain't no I Robin Hood. I know how archery should work. She's a bad archer. I saw Robin Hood men in tights. Speaking of Robin, let's get into the cartoon. So Robin. the team, I just like his enunciation. Robin. 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 You'll hear it seventy-five times here. They are at the annual Nandusket gymnastics meet, <laughs> which they're on Cape Cod, but really they could have been anywhere that had like a river or water whatsoever, like. Nandusket is not really a place. And I'm thinking now, what? Nantasket is the reference there. I'm I thought it was between, yeah, I thought it was like half Nantucket and half Nantasket, and they ended up with Nandusket. Neither sure. of which now are this, I picked this episode because of its location. We're all based in Massachusetts. I was really curious as to, I wonder how accurate they're going to depict <laughs> Cape Cod. <laughs> and. My suspicions were confirmed immediately <laughs> when the, the cartoon started. Yeah. Well, we have one character that I believe tries to do a Boston accent, but we'll, we'll get yeah. to him in a minute. So I knew that we were in for a ride. 
through like the first bit of dialogue here. This goes on for a little bit, but here you go. Hey, shut up. Why did you put the chalk? The chalk? You don't want me to lose my grip, do you? Oh my gosh. I left it on the water taxi. <laughs> There's no way that any of those voice actors were within 300 miles of each other when all that was recorded. It was just like, say your line and Pause. we're going to fucking smash this together like a cheap ass sandwich. So who you heard talking there was, of course, Mr. T, who voices his character. You heard Jeff, who's kind of the alpha male. He was the one who, who was talking about not wanting to lose his grip. And then you have Spike. And Spike is a <laughs> disturbing character. Just let's talk about the outfit first. Can we just because I think that gives it away. He's wearing a denim vest rolled frayed up at the je- arms. jeans, right? The, the vest is frayed at the arms. He's wearing jeans that are rolled up. They look like capris. He's wearing, I, I don't know, like gold chains, I guess. And like Mr. T is his hero. And we'll, we'll get into that hero worship a little bit here. And I wasn't sure. He's wearing these big bracelets, too. I wasn't sure if Spike was a boy or a girl. I think he's a boy. I think Spike is a boy. Okay. Because they call him Robin's brother. Okay. He's very feminine looking and the way he's drawn with like all this garish jewelry, like he doesn't have like the machismo of a Mr. T. No, but he's like ripping, he's bitch stole my look is is what's happening there. (laughs) You're wearing, he's wearing like a mini me version of the Mr. T outfit. But you know, weirdly, it looks totally different on a skinny white kid. Or do you think Mr. T ripped off Robin's look? Oh, shit. Yeah. Spike's look. That would be, oh, That's right. Sorry, Spike's look. He wasn't. Mr. T was not wearing the uh, like leotard or straight jeans that Robin also wore. But. It would have been very uncomfortable to see Mr. T in Robin's clothes. Yeah. I would pay a good money for that. What's happening here is Spike is like the mascot of the team because the rest of the kids are in like evil Knievel looking jumpsuits and leotards, and he's with two stars on the nipple regions. <laughs> two stars on the nipples. He's dressed <laughs> like a jumpsuits. little. He's dressed like a little dipshit. And yeah. I, and then he's like, oh, I left the chalk on the boat. And I was like, they have a boat? <laughs> and they, they have a chalk on the boat. they take a boat to oh, keep water on. taxi. They have their own water taxi with a, with a chalk bag. So he goes out to get it. And then <laughs> he meets uh, one of the best characters we've encountered in quite some time. What's the hurry, young man? Oh, the chalk! I left it on the boat! I can take care of that for you. I'd be only too happy to help you kids out. Nah, I goofed up. Okay. okay. Oh, the road don't go nowhere. Right just lays right where it is. Soil of a man's heart, Stonia. Hey, <laughs> threw him the old three-finger spitball. This now character I'm gonna go sit over yonder and have a smoke. Is named Mr. Bradley, and I thought that he was a recurring character, but I think he's just like a janitor at this hotel. He yeah. looks like the actor Robert Davi. Yep. He's wearing a blue mm. hat, a red shirt, and Robin Hood boots. And some of the tightest pants I've ever seen drawn. Sure. I mean, well, you got to show if that's smooth dick. Have but. you watched um, <laughs> He-Man? <laughs> oh, right, he right. wear pants. Those are leggings. So, <laughs> Mr. Bradley, I think he's trying to do a Boston accent. I think Absolutely. So he's trying to sound like a Kennedy. Yeah. But he sounds like Cabot Cove, like, you know. Murder yeah, yeah like t- like Tom Tom Bosley yeah, show, you know solving yeah, mi- murder mysteries. Yeah. Can we um, can we do an around here and do our best main accent? Shailen, you go first. Maine? I don't know a Maine accent. Yeah, your Mainer yeah. accent. It's just it's just the janitor accent. You can't get there from here. Gotcha. Okay. Emily, you go. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> That's all I got. 
going up to Bangar. Ben, you got Bangu. you got one? Of course I do. It's two stickles for a pickle wash. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that in any accent, and I'm going to laugh. That's, that's good. It's my natural. <laughs> and, and immediately, you're like, "Wow, this guy's kind of nefarious." He's looking like that FBI agent in Die Hard, sounding like he was born in the 1830s. And, or in other words, like he's from New England. But okay, so Spike Spike goes out to their personal boat, and I've seen gymnastics, Chuck. I didn't think that it came in a sack of flour, <laughs> which <laughs> is what's yeah. The only things on this boat are a coil of rope and a sack of flour, which Spike <laughs> lifts over his head. He's stumbling around like an ass. What? Like who lifts bags like that? <laughs> Idiot Spike. children. I- I guess he's, so. Yeah. He's trying to work that overhead press so he can get the, the jacked muscles like tea. So the bag of flour breaks over his head. He's like, he's stumbling around. A monster appears out of nowhere, like this phosphorescent looking monster. I think it's a sea yeah. monster. Yeah. This is the inspiration for the Korean monster film, The Host. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> this show, I think, inspired a lot of I thought films. it was uh, retroactively the inspiration for Moby Dick. <laughs> Definitely. I'm going to argue this is the inspiration for Jurassic Park 3 for a reason that we will get to. But that's mm-hmm. that's a hashtag that's big later. league tease. Now, he goes back inside and Robin <laughs> Robin has just got her first perfect 10, uh, which she accomplishes by doing a lot of like front flips in the air. And she gets interviewed by about 50 newsmen. And it sounds a lot like this. That's the first 10 ever at this meet, Miss O'Neill. How does it feel, Robin? It feels great. Jeff! Now, Emily, I have a question. Yep. As a veteran of unsanctioned school events, you know, you're traveling cross country. Yep. When somebody got like a perfect 10 at debate, which is how I assume this works, <laughs> was there like a gaggle of reporters there to pick up the story for like the, the little dish rag or what, what's going on here? <laughs> I mean, it was, it, it was like paparazzi, Phil. Uh, no, fuck. Like, why would they? And then they're asking the hard hitting questions too. How does yeah. it feel? How does it? You have a gold medal. It's so stupid. This is the best yeah. 10. Like, they okay. only did that as a way to. Can you, uh, can you walk us through that backflip? Yeah. Can I just. I'm going to intervene here. <laughs> you flipped though. the best flip. I grew up very, very close to Cape Cod. We didn't border the water, but we were as close as you could be without bordering the water. We one time had a headline in our town newspaper, and it was three boys sitting on a rock doing absolutely nothing. And that was the fucking headline. And that was the most exciting thing that had happened in Local town. Local girls' for an parents week. get divorced. <laughs> three goofballs write song about Mr. T. If we're talking like Cape Cod in the 80s, aside from a couple of very notable and horrific murders, this is probably the most notable thing any of these people have dealt with in a very long time. Local girl found in tree reading book. <laughs> My dead cat that got killed by a plow truck made the newspaper when I was a kid. Awesome. So now I wish that we lived on Cape Cod so that your Facebook scandals could be in the, the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> Local woman incites rage. Again. <laughs> so anyway, so Spike shows up. So he has his camera on his neck. It's a Polaroid. When he sees the monster, he, he goes, ah, oh, I better go find Mr. T instead of <laughs> think maybe I should call the cops. So, oh, oh no, Jesus Christ. Yeah. No cops. No cops. He like, wanders back into the gymnasium and like the picture pops out and it develops and it's a picture of the monster. And, um, the news reporters drop Robin like a hot potato, and here's what happens. We've heard about that. 
You're a hero, kid. What are you scared? Scared? You don't get close up when you're scared. I was alarmed when that voice happened. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was I was like, oh, oh my God. He turned into the kid from The Shining. The chalk got into his throat. <laughs> Red Rob. We'll just, Red Rob. Let's just have a moment to uh, talk about cultural appropriation here. Yeah, not, not, not good stuff. There is a wonderful shot. He does the voice in front of Mr. T. In the, it's just bad animation and directing, but like the shot lingers on Mr. T's face and his eyes do this like sideward glance and he looks so <laughs> pissed off. I don't think it was like, bad animation. I think it was yeah. accurate. And he turns yeah, like into a little basketball. This reminds yeah. me. <laughs> I'm going to drown you. There was an actor named Todd Bosley who was in the movie Jack. Uh, also little giants and he had like yes, the little yeah. he had like the little bowl cut and the glasses and he always talked like this he's like hey how's it going i'm froggy Why i think he was probably like his name was froggy yeah. Little Rascals, yeah it was because he was in the fucking little rascals movie too oh froggy. todd bosley cousin of tom the fucking bosley. one yes the fucking one. this ain't your little rascals <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, i remember there were well, there were a couple gay bartenders and places that i like to go one was at the old eagle in boston which is like a pretty mm-hmm. gay bar and i went there with a friend once and this bartender it was like it was like a harvey firestein you know smoky gay what are these voices exactly and uh, we were there with a gay friend of ours who is kind of a a bigger a bigger gentleman um and they he said the guy went to the bathroom to go what did you spring a leak titanic <laughs> That's what that voice totally reminds me of. Spring a leak, Titanic. I'm like just <laughs> practically smoking a cigarette while he's the bar. It was so good. Well, now we'll just think of Spike this way from the rest for the rest of the episode. Maybe that's how he yeah. ended up. It's a positive thing. So Robin <laughs> Robin's upset at this <laughs> attention being stolen <laughs> away from her. So she was standing there and she just jumps in the air and like triple front flames from her stand <laughs> to get back in the shot. And the, the reporters are like, get, get the fuck out of here. She could have just taken her top off. That I mean, maybe that would have gotten their attention. Yeah. Uh, Robin, by the way, is described as the second in command here. Uh, so like she's like T's underling, I guess, in this hierarchy. And she's very good at gymnastics. She scored a perfect 10. It's true. She, she storms away. Sorry. Robin. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole Robin. scene. <laughs> Robin. And then she storms away. Now we're like in the, the inn part, like they're in a hotel and you see Dozer the dog, which is like a Mr. T dog with a mohawk. It's like double cultural and species appropriation. Here. <laughs> like, like, this is a big dog, but Robin keeps carrying this fucking dog around. She keeps picking him up. Like, can't He's- he walk? <laughs> I have known many pit bulls in my life that are very sweet and like to be snuggled Mr. Worldwide. And so I liked, I wanted to believe that he was like a snuggly puppy. Fireball. Shan, what's your favorite pit bull song? I don't think I could name one. I like the one where he goes, diggity dog, diggity dog. Like he's, um, he's in WWF, no mercy. My favorite is the one where he goes, it's mis- hashtag Mr. Worldwide for you. So mm-hmm. one thing I noticed here, when Robin goes into the hotel room, there's a very particular kind of music that's playing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. My baby. <laughs> this is weird softcore porn sexy, music. Sexy hotel music. This is actually <laughs> recycled sitcom music. It's not 
newly recorded for the cartoon. Like they sampled it from like royalty free stuff. That also Are you seeing Ruby used. Spears cheaped out on something? I'm saying if you watch Scarecrow and Mrs. King, you'll hear the same transition music. Oh, <laughs> well, here's the thing. I'm not going to watch Scarecrow and Mrs. King. It's not for everyone. Jalen's next pick. <laughs> it's not for everyone. This is an unsanctioned sitcom. Unsanctioned Scarecrow and Mrs. King. I felt like the camera would pan over and there was just a saxophonist in yeah, the room with the her in the dog. So, so yeah. the sax, the saxy music was so like ostentatious. I was like, this, this, the guy has to be there. The player has to be there. <laughs> so Robin is like, Robin. man, Robin, Robin, Robin is like, I, I love attention. Robin. And she goes to sit down with the dog. And when she's sitting down, she goes to sit down. She has sleeves on her leotard. When she sits down, she loses the sleeves, and then she decides, I need to get a picture of the sea monster as well. She gets up, and she has sleeves again, and then she picks up the dog. She writes a note that says, gone fishing, takes a cassette tape player, throws the note on the bed, and then leaves. <laughs> it, it, it's all insane. She now, now she's outside, and she's dressed in like like a nice coat and jeans, but the way that they've animated her walking, it's like she's like hank hill's father right <laughs> she has no knees like she's no just knees. like staggering around like fucking yeah, they're so shot well. from the uh the, the gymnastics tournament <laughs> yeah she she has no acls mcls no cls whatsoever none cls just like her kneecap was fused <laughs> to the bone unpleasant <laughs> well she was she left the gone fishing note and it wasn't like she was going to go fishing. She actually went to see the movie, the Joe mm-hmm. Pesci movie, Gone Fishing. <laughs> a, a fine flick. Yeah. The, and this was the precursor to Gone Fishing. Right. The plot mirrors it very closely. So she gets in the fucking rowboat with Dozer. Do you have a, a drop of Mr. T saying rowboat? I don't know. I don't think so. How does he say rowboat? Rowboat. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I listened to it like 600 times when I was watching it. Mr. Was like, Mr. T both enunciates every word and also doesn't enunciate every word it's like beautiful the most like accented slurry way of speech and i love it like there's nothing against it it's just uh crazy it's a lot going on robin for some reason brings a tape player that brings like it plays classical music (laughs) like for what's gonna lure the sea monster out with like beethoven or, or something like, there was literally no plan to this like this is the most obvious plot device it because they use it later to help find her but she yeah. just picks up a tape player and plays tchaikovsky or whatever the fuck in this boat and this this becomes a big thing it's it's brahms by the way <laughs> you ignoramus we're back with the uh, the rest of the crew and it's mr t and it's like miss dingus or whatever the hell her name is and you have uh, Jeff and Amy and Woody and Spike. And Mr. T's breaking it down. But your sister can't, Spike. What's she so upset about anyhow? Listen, Robin just got a 10. That's her first moment in the sun. And you're blocking it out with the picture you took. <laughs> just like berating so this child. But, like He's berating him, but he's also like explaining emotions and feelings. At this moment, I was like, I want Mr. T as a dad. Yep. I didn't get that. And I don't understand emotions and people's feelings. Yeah. He was like seeing both sides of it. Cause he's also like, Robin got jealous. She shouldn't have been jealous Robin. of her brother, yeah. but also uh, bike needs to be respectful. It was her moment. <laughs> like he, he's just the most gentle giant and I love him. Yeah. My dad's you dad. Can... So. <laughs> sure. Sure. Local girl's dad dies. We latch on to whatever we can here. 
you can feel in every line of dialogue that Spike delivers, like him trying to fight puberty. He's like, I'm still a little boy, little Mr. T. Oh, I don't know, Jim. <laughs> but they, so they go into Robin's hotel room. They open it up and they notice Amy, especially because Amy is her roommate, that there are a few things missing. She's not here. Neither are Dozer or my tape player. Of course, the tape player is an important part of the room. <laughs> she sounded a little Rain Man in that moment. Yeah, uh, speak on that. <laughs> like cool, she looked on. in the room, and and it was like a spot the difference. Like when she was last here, these three things were here, and she walked in and was like, "She is missing. Dog is missing. Mm-hmm. Tape recorder is missing." Four hundred and thirty toothpicks were on the floor. She's the one with the photographic memory, though. Yes, right, that's correct. Exactly. Oh, right. So that's true. That is a character autism. trait. Yeah. Oh, boy. Maybe she just reads a lot of Highlights magazine. She's a goofus and a gallant. I love how they um they saw the note and they were yeah. like, oh, it, the, gone fishing. She must have gone and searched for the, the sea monster, which is like, oh, mystery solved. Okay. Where did she go? She's here. All right. That's done. Goodbye, tension. <laughs> <laughs> Ostensibly, they go out here in a minute to find Robin, but- they really right. just seem more concerned Robin. with find, Robin finding the sea monster. Like, they don't, half the group doesn't seem concerned about finding Robin at all. They're just like, it's a mystery. She's a strong swimmer. It's fine. Yeah. She is, she's a strong female character for sure. So they decide that they're going to go out. Spike is going to stay behind with Miss Bixby, who's like the, she's like the, the team Incompetent mom. laundry washer. Yeah. yeah. We'll get to her in a minute. And so Spike has to change his clothes. The rest of the gang goes outside, joined quickly by Spike and Mr. T. Provides a little nugget of wisdom. When in doubt, you gotta find out. <laughs> we got a mystery to solve, folks. Is that a common saying, Emily? Is that his like catchphrase in the, the cartoon? Mm-hmm. Rhyming is something he likes to do, but I don't big think that's yeah. no. He's a big rhymer. T for two and me for you. <laughs> well, thank that's God. That's how JFK We're proposed to Jackie O. <laughs> so they split up here into two groups. That always works out in these shows. Mr. T and Spike are going for the rowboat. Rowboat. And the rest of the gang, which is Jeff, Woody, whose grandfather was a thief, maybe. I don't know. Who, it doesn't matter. Uh, he wants to be a lawyer. And Amy are going to just go on foot because what happened here, and you never see this, is Amy explains, oh, Spike, your shoes are glowing. That's, that's like phosphorescent paint. I happened to see phosphorescent paint before. <laughs> and... Uh, they just explain a lot of things, including this. It's luminescent paint, too. See how it glows in the dark? You know, I saw the same kind of paint on the ground yesterday, on the other side of the inlet. <laughs> it's like, oh, that would have been good information That's to share. convenient, Amy. Amy. <laughs> Should have explored that mystery yesterday, Amy. But, like, how many times is phosphorescent paint used in Scooby-Doo? Like, it's, that's always what they're doing. Yeah, there's always glowy it's paint. Gimmick, if yeah. you're anywhere and there's phosphorescent paint you know that there's a crime just begging to be solved so like why wouldn't you report it immediately (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's a scooby-doo ripoff like it's it's not subtle with how it treats anything so that like the gang of kids they're in the woods and who did they run into but our old pal mr bradley what are you doing around here make my check of the docks same time every night (laughs) and the camera like pans down and his Robin Hood boots are just like glowing, oh. like they're just like 
wavy. It's just like, oh, wait a minute. This guy. Like, his outfit is amazing. (laughs) There is no, like, you know, in Scooby-Doo, it's like, oh, I bet this one's a suspect. I bet this one's a suspect. Mr. T, it's like, the guy did it. (laughs) His glow-in-the-dark boots did it. Not only did they do it, like, they all solve the mystery concurrently, like, within seconds. So yes. the rest of the episode is like, oh, okay, we're just going to play this. We're going to play out the string on this one. <laughs> See what hijinks we get into. They're immediately thrust into the mystery. And, the, like, there's no reason as to why. They're just like, oh, we're, now we're in a mystery. And then they immediately solve it. So it's like the both the motivation and tension are solved like that. <laughs> cool, but we're dealing with children with really quick attention spans, too. You don't want them mm-hmm. to hold these <laughs> mysteries in mind too long. Don't make yeah. them ask too many questions. It's like the equivalent to like the Mad Magazine fold-in, right? You see it and like you, because you can kind of figure out like what the picture is pretty quickly, but the fun is in getting there. And that's what Mr. T, the cartoon was like. Hmm. Like and a Mad Magazine fold-in. the lessons you fold-in. learn about family and friendship. Yes. And the friendships we made along the way. Mm-hmm. So Mr. T and Spike go to the, the rowboat and it's not there. So Mr. T simply <laughs> picks up a motorboat that's there. He picks it up over his head, throws it completely. Like he doesn't, it's next to the, the water. He could have just pushed it into the water. What he does is throw it completely off screen. And then like he sprints, he appears to be running on water as he gets into the boat. I love that and, part uh, so much. There you go. <laughs> doesn't play on audio, but he, he does at least make Spike wear a life jacket. So always, always thinking to say With this vest on top of your vest. <laughs> I was delighted in this moment when he was just like safety first on the fucking boat you dumb kid like every child needs flotation devices can you say it in a mr t voice no and i won't because it won't be good enough i just really appreciated the message being Mm -hmm. reinforced Mm -hmm. it's a positive message so at this point you have robin so she's out on her own you got half of the the all-star crew and they're kind of wandering around you got mr t Dozer's Robin's with the dog. That's true. Dozer's there too. We got to account for all our characters. Mr. Bradley's in parts unknown. So you have all these splinter groups. It's a lot to keep up with. But what the show does is introduce a completely fucking ridiculous and meaningless subplot here with Miss Bixby. This is a long clip. I'm going to play it because it's fucking amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they'll find Robin. She probably went to the beach to think things through. I used to do that when I was a young girl. Who's there? I'm warning you. I have my black belt in karate. Oh, my stars and garters. Okay. They forgot the track of the person who she's responding to. Yeah, it's like she's she's having a dialogue with nobody. She is doing laundry. And you'd classic woman, right? Like she knocks the box of soap in and it overflows the washing machine. Now she spends literally the rest of the episode. This all appears to take place in one night. So she spends several hours surfing across Cape Cod on a door while she's chased by a wave of soap bubbles. <laughs> Running from That's like correct. supposedly murderous soap suds. Yeah. No one said it, murderous, just alarming. It's saying a lot of, oh, my stars, <laughs> stars and garters. My stars and garters. I do like the karate pronunciation. Yes. Do we like that? <laughs> yeah. I think it's a Japanese-American uh, woman who voices the uh, <laughs> voices that that character. So it's perfectly yes. fine to say karate. Oh, yeah. No, it's totally cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nothing nothing weird about it. I mean, this was the time. Prolific oh, no. This actress. would have been before Karate Kid? Around, I don't know. I'm trying to make connections that maybe aren't there. That's what this cartoon does to you, you know? <laughs> um, so Miss Bixby, like, you see her a lot. I'm not going to talk about her again because... 
when you're in that hot sea monster action, you don't want to see some dumbass surfing on a Stupid door. Stupid woman. I was still yeah. all in on this laundry B plot, though. I was like, make this the entire episode. I'm there. <laughs> I was yeah. hoping it was going to connect somehow to like polluting the ocean with it. Yeah, kind yeah. of did at the very, very end in a really fucking shitty yeah, way. It, no. it gets tied back in, but, but we'll, not we'll get there. Helpfully. We'll get there. Yeah. Anyway, we're back with Robin, and uh, she sees the monster, and... What the hairy heck is that? Oh! <laughs> now, mind you, that what the hairy heck was literally like 10 seconds after Oh My Stars and Garters. I <laughs> and I was astonished at how this show was written. Just written in things that nobody has ever said or would ever say. I don't but know, these but characters are just spouting them off. If you read Mr. T's dialogue, you'd think nobody ever would say that. Nobody would talk like that. But you know who talks like that? Mr. Mr. T. T. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's fair. Crazy world. The monster, it destroys the boat. Dozer and Rubin go under. The tape player is eaten by the monster. The camera stays just floating on like a piece of driftwood. Or shiplap. Shiplap. Gross. Shiplap in, in HDTV <laughs> yes. parlance. Like Titanic. Anyway. No laughs, sorry. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'll never let go. So Robin and Dozer are now like they're drowning underwater after being almost killed by the sea monster. And it gets worse. Ah! <laughs> Some scuba men show up and they, they grab Robin and Dozer. They pull them into a fucking submarine. <laughs> they pull them just <laughs> down. I'm like, are these rest? No, they just pull Straight them. Straight down. down. They just grab them and pull them into a submarine. And now Robin and Dozer, they're hanging out in the submarine. There's these two kind of nefarious dudes there. And here, here they are. Submarine to base station. Everything is under control. We got the girl. We're going to proceed with a drilling. Yes, I bet. You got the girl. <laughs> Thank you so much for pulling that clip. They yeah. said it, and I was like, Ben, can you please rewind that again? And they're definitely they're gonna pl- rape her. <laughs> Jesus. Good God. <laughs> Just that. Special like, guest host, Emily. That was an unsanctioned joke. That's unsanctioned. <laughs> later on, they say something else that's like so rapey, too. And you're like, yeah, I got the redhead. Yeah, they're like, hey, we got this yeah. redhead. And we're going to get her. She's going to man my torpedoes. We've got a poor man's Daphne from Scooby-Doo down here. <laughs> the gymnast's underdeveloped body. Yeah. Oh, Robin's all woman. Uh, although I will say again, when she's in those straight-legged pants, she appears to have like no buttocks whatsoever. Or knees. Yeah. Just real stick legs. So <laughs> now I'm all, I'm all a flutter here. They're talking to like somebody, but you never hear. So all you hear these guys say is like, it's a good thing we got the submarine from a world war surplus sale. And it's like, what What the fuck is a war what? surplus sale? How did you get this? a submarine? <laughs> also, like I've been to Army Navy stores. I'm not buying fucking submarines. Those aren't available. Well, not to you, you, you fucking right, commie you, bastard. You have right. to go to the back room. Got to go to the unsanctioned ones. I saw falling down. I know what you got to do to get the good shit. <laughs> <laughs> the Army Navy store. Um, so <laughs> they're talking about, I think, like poaching oil from the hotel. I heard them say in, yeah, uh, not not inlet. In. They said in. I think yeah. so. Like the hotel. This is like a there there will be blood sort of scenario where the the they hotel is on top shake, of like yeah. an oil field. Yeah. And they're going to steal the oil. Robin, meanwhile, is like perfectly fine. And she just finds blueprints. And then she realizes immediately that this 
oil scam submarine thing is connected to the monster. And then she notices that there's some torpedo tubes because it says warning torpedo tube. And I thought, oh, no, we're not going to do this. And then she looks at Dozer and says, you're going for a ride. Stuffs, and it was upsetting as fuck. Stuffs the dog into the torpedo. And the dog rightfully looks very cranky about this. Yeah. She blasts the torpedo out. Dozer's fine. It's like if you're on the toilet and you're taking a really long poop, right? Yeah. And you have like that last little nugget left. And you're like, oh, boy, this is going to feel great when it gets out. And it just sort of like pitifully is like... <laughs> You know, just kinda, that's how just kind of hangs there, the and you got to like shake <laughs> yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, yeah like tor- torpedoes are meant to go fast, so like that dog would have died. Like, it would have just been a spray of blood coming the, out. The dog <laughs> but, was also like a fucking pearl diver who could breathe underwater, so yeah, I don't think he, it's really. He gets concerned. a little scuba gear later, but yeah, like it just like <laughs> like just floats up to the top here, and um. Well, sp- yeah. I, I think speaking of uh, of pooping, I think I'm going to get a tattoo over my asshole that says. <laughs> Warning, torpedo okay. shoot. <laughs> sure. I like it. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shave war surplus into my chest and people are going to ask what that means when I'm walking around shirtless. And I'm going to say, I have no idea. Yeah, because you're, you're, you're all hard. <laughs> I was compelled by Mr. T. Just still confused, like, where, how you just come across a surplus submarine. At the war surplus sale. They couldn't have explained it any more clearly. <laughs> You know, I was going to Wellfleet, wanted to get some oysters, and I uh, just saw the submarine uh, for sale on Route 6, and I thought, like, I'm going to get that, and I'm going to man it, and I'm going to get me f- some fucking oil. <laughs> you sound like you might damage a Vietnamese man in that process, too. <laughs> <laughs> Father Flavius is not going to buy you his own submarine. <laughs> Someone's going to buy it for him, Emily. Okay? I could have stopped 9-11, and I could have stopped these oil stealers. Speaking of 9-11, um, I was down Afghanistan for business with Hobby Lobby uh, in the mid-2000s and uh, walked by a war surplus sale. So I, I know that they exist and you know might have picked up a few things there, gotten a couple of uh, rare items and it's, it's a fact. got them home the hard way. Got them home the hard way. You know? <laughs> Torpedo shoot, indeed. So <laughs> now Mr. T and, and Spike find the fucking shard of wood in the camera, which is convenient. And Spike blames himself for Robin's assumed death. <laughs> here's what Mr. T he says. recovers okay. It's worse than I thought. And it's all my fault. Don't blame yourself. Robin's jealousy got her into this mess. Not you. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Your sister's dead. But um, her jealousy caused it. It's her fault she got murdered. And then Mr. T, he looks out to the middle distance and he just says, I don't put much fate in sea monsters. And I had to stop and be like, wait a minute, what the fuck? <laughs> Did he, is that what he said? And then he, in fact, said, I don't put much faith in sea monsters. It, it comes up a lot in his life. As if sea monsters were like the god which he would, would worship. <laughs> He's profoundly reasonable, this Mr. T. <laughs> That's what I love about him. Tough, gentle, completely reasonable. Man of science. Rhymes, yeah. <laughs> so we, we sort of we sort of fade to black, and we come back, and now we're with Jeff and Amy and Woody. We're with the stereotypes, and they find paint spots on the ground, and they put the mystery together, and they realize that Mister Bradley's involved. Now Jeff said something which is factually wrong here, uh, and I want to get into it. So then, why was he wearing white deck shoes? He's talking about Mr. Bradley wearing white deck shoes when every time you see Mr. Bradley, he's wearing Robin Hood boots. Boots with the fur. 
I, I had to look it up to be like, wait a minute. Is like like white deck shoe like a term for like Robin Hood boot that I'm unaware of? But no, it's like a white sneaker. So they <laughs> just just overlooked that detail. It just completely made it up. And the kids were like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and beyond that, there's this weird assumption that people don't wear shoes for the wrong reason. Like you can't wear skateboarding shoes going for a walk. They're for yeah. skateboarding. Yeah. It's like being in the the right place at the wrong time, you know? Right but shoes at the wrong time. The connection they would draw was the glow-in-the-dark paint. But no, <laughs> they went at totally no, direction with that. Wasn't the glowing bright clue in front of them? <laughs> no, no, no. Or the fact that every time he talks, he's very obviously sinister, and he yeah. keeps trying to distract the kids so that they don't go near the water. And he's practically twirling like his his twirly mustache, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. His teacher <laughs> could say, "I am the villain," and they would mm-hmm. still take a half hour to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Hashtag I am the villain. Now they're walking along. They start to hear some classical music, and Amy immediately says, "Like, oh." You know, I know what this is. I bet that's coming from my cassette player. How do you know? It's my favorite piece. I taped it myself. Oh. She won't name that it's Brahms. But they, it's Brahms. But it is. It's, it's totally Brahms. It's Brahms lullaby. Classic Brahms. Yeah. Now, my theory is that we all know Jurassic Park 3, classic American film. They track one, they track one of the big dinosaurs, dude who is holding a satellite phone. So anytime they hear the satellite phone ringing, they know that the dinosaur is near. I think that Jurassic Park 3 stole that bit from Mr. T, the, the animated <gasps> series. I completely Just believe it. They brought in Just Janice saying. Diamond or whatever her name is. <laughs> and they were like, we know, you're busy with law and, we, we know you're busy with Law and Order. But <laughs> give, give us an idea here. Yeah. Can you give us anything? <laughs> you know, steal something from Mr. your Mr. T days, but like anything. anything we don't know what to do with this dinosaur. Big man altered animals. What, what can we do? And boom, she had that device ready. Mm-hmm. But there who tapes so. a like symphonic music? Like Amy's like, I taped it. My, like, why are you taping symphonic? And how long is this tape? What did she tape it off of? Why aren't you like <laughs> taping like Flock of Seagulls or right? or The Cure yeah. or something? Yeah. Fucking Van Halen. Give me, but give me anything. Give me some tears for sticks. fears. Yeah. What's good gymnastics music? Uh, the devil talk. went down to Georgia. Killed during the. 2000 something Atlanta Olympics. Uh-huh. Yeah. Was it the, the Carrie yeah. Strug performance? Yeah. Richard Jewell's <laughs> performance was the best of all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that guy had a pornography stash. You wouldn't believe Shailen. I heard that in the, um, your, your birth year Olympics, 1924, the song from the sting was a big, <laughs> <laughs> big song during the, during the pommel horse. <laughs> ben, they don't use music for the pommel horse. Yeah, they do to keep, keep beat. No, they yeah, keep don't. beat. That's that's a gymnastics term, folks. Keep beat. Keep beat. Not for the pommel horse. So these kids hear music. They see it's coming out of a cave, but that cave's up real high, right? Like they can't get up there. Mm-hmm. So what do you do when you're a gymnast? You get real smart and you do real smart things like pull down trees and use them to slingshot yourselves up hundreds of feet into a cave. <laughs> they all slingshot up. And of course, because they're gymnasts, they're all doing like more front rolls and they just <laughs> land in this cave perfectly fine. Perfect now, I, I took gymnastics when I was younger. They do teach you this stuff. It's not just mm-hmm. like to do the, your unsanctioned gymnastics competitions. It's like <laughs> it's for real life, life skills. Yeah. Like you might That's need to tumbling. get to a high place. Vault off this tree. Fling yourself on this rubbery branch. When you do EMT training, like they show you CPR and yeah. you know how to like pull a bullet out and things like right. that. But they do also teach you to tumble because those are important things. <laughs> Tuck and roll. Yeah. 
so we'll go back to them in a second. Dozer pops up from the water. He sees Mr. T and Spike, and like he's like, "Hey, come underwater with me, Mr. T." And Mr. Just T, like T does. Waters, lassie. <laughs> yeah. And then Mr. And T, so Mr. T, T takes his vest off. He he takes the vest off. So now he's just in T gear. They swim down to the submarine. They somehow know exactly where to go. He's a pearl um, diver. And here is where Mr. T's communication style really ooh, it takes hold. Morse code M R T. Mr. T. It's okay. They left and I'm opening the hatch. <laughs> I love so many things. I love that. He would use Morse code. I love that she knows Morse code. I love that she thought that that indiscriminate knocking was Morse code. I love that she went back and just starts like banging and screaming as if he would understand her. There is so much to love about this. I was a Boy Scout for a bit. We talked about Morse code when I was a Boy Scout. It was in like the handbook. I, I only know SOS. That's that's <laughs> it. That's all I retained. Do you think Mr. T taught her those skills? Like these are life skills that all gymnasts oh, should know. Yeah. Here's more. Spend a lot of time at the water taxi. I, I can just picture him screaming at the kids in like the beginning and the end of the episode, just like this is what Morse code is, and he's just like banging on pots to like mimic the Morse code. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of time on those long drives across the country for unsanctioned trips for all kinds of life lessons. Did yeah, you, you can only play. Car, you can play license plate bingo for so long, and then it gets old. Yeah. Remember, Mr. Timmons taught us, like you know, be like, oh, but you have to, you know, and he'd say. I don't got to do nothing but be black and die. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my takeaway. No more. That's a lesson. That's a Mr. T quote right there. Mr. Yeah. T Pearl of Wisdom. <laughs> Real life Mr. T. So they're doing Morse code. We're back with the kids in the cave and things go real bad for them real fast. Yo. What is it, Woody? <laughs> Yeah, it's a bear. Bear Which shows up. Yeah. It's chewy. Famous Cape Cod bears. Of course, yeah. My <laughs> the, the Nandusket Brown. Absolute favorite thing in the world. People stumbling upon bears and being surprised by them. I mean, this bear wasn't even connected to the plot. Like, this is just a naturally occurring it's bear. A, it's just a bear. Just a regular bear. Bear wasn't even in the local newspaper. <laughs> when I, I mean, maybe it was. We, did, we don't have the full archive. When I was pregnant, my greatest fear was a bear attack. And yeah, that makes sense. And as a result, every single time I see a story about someone stumbling upon a bear or a bear going somewhere it doesn't belong, I'm like, see? See? Because this shit happens. We all, no, no. Still irrational. It only happens, it only happens one way. Because we all saw Grizzly Man, and there's only one way that bears are attracted to humans. That's not true, Ben. And it's moon blood. That's not true. So, <laughs> but what happens when a bear shows up, right? Bear shows up, he's on his paws, he's going, oh. Jeff tries to reason with the bear but quickly discovers negotiating with a bear is crazy. True enough. Stupid Jeff. I can't believe you even tried. Now, Emily, I have a question for you. Yes. In any of your unsanctioned debate things, did you ever have to sort of try to negotiate an argument with a bear? Never. There weren't that many gay men and much fewer hairy gay men <laughs> on the debate okay. circuit at my, okay. at that time. Okay. Reasonable. Reasonable. Good to know. Listeners, we want to hear from you. If you've ever tried to bear hashtag, um, Mass bear debate bear. <laughs> P-Town negotiations. Uh, rub a cub cub. P-Town uh, negotiations. That's <laughs> <laughs> where I got these glow-in-the-dark boots. 
they decide to leave. You don't the- think that paint was their happenstance, do you? Right off of Main Street. They're going to leave the cave now. <laughs> and they How go, are they going to get out? How are they going to do it? It's, it's, it's time to flip out, of course, which is literally what they say. And <laughs> the kids, they flip out and they're all doing the perfect Jesus. So they're all like fall into the water on their backs and they're falling for a long time. And I got a thought about math here. Yeah. We'll assume that these kids, we'll say an average of 150 pounds. That may be a little high, but I went with a nice round number. I found a place that will calculate how much you will fall given gravity, like in a certain amount of time. These kids were falling for approximately six seconds. If you assume a weight of 150 pounds and that's uh, six seconds, they fell 500 feet, about 50 (laughs) stories. So I don't think that their effortless like back belly flop into the water would have resulted in them doing anything but like crumbling. checking cartoon physics now. Tell me about Wiley Coyote. What do you mean now? (laughs) (laughs) This is the thing I'm passionate about. Welcome to WatchBots, Emily. This is what we do here. (laughs) So I I looked at the stars in the Cape Cod skyline of this episode, Mm -hmm. and I noticed that the constellations were all off. All off. It's inaccurate. This cartoon's bullshit. (laughs) Couldn't watch it. Garbage. No, I mean, there's license, and then there's just straight bastardization of science, and um, I'm just not going to stand for it. So... Anyway, they unliquify themselves and they they come back together. And now they're in a, a separate cave where they see an oil drill and they see <laughs> they see the, the sea monster and they're like, oh, fuck, it's the sea monster. And then a whale pops out and they go, oh, the sea monster's a whale. <laughs> and it's like, oh, got it. Cool. Well, it's sort of painted up like a narwhal, like a. Yeah, it's got like some green orange, stripes. And- orange painted green or whatever, narwhal. Yeah. It's- and they never ask themselves, like, huh, that paint, how does that stay on the whale, like, indefinitely? Unimportant. But, but it does. But what is important is that Mr. Bradley shows up, and he's got he's got a remote control, and they're like, oh, shit, Mr. Bradley is the mastermind. <laughs> and they ask him why he does it. And it's my favorite three seconds of the entire episode. <laughs> Mr. Bradley, why would you? For the money. Okay. <laughs> he's doing it for the money. <laughs> There's this no revenge is- plot. It's just, it's very straightforward and simple. Hey, must be for the money. <laughs> At this point in the episode, he could not sound more like a Mainer. He just couldn't. It's broad. Better a Mainer than a minor. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if Mr. D would agree with you there. I just, I, I kept imagining why. they would do like, like the accent would change every time. Like they were like, no, that's not, that first take was kind of main. Can you? Try try Boston again. Then he was just like Southern twang, and then like Californian like surfer <laughs> dude. Like close he, enough. Yeah, yeah. Guy just kept missing. <laughs> so he's holding the remote control, and they're like, "What does that remote control do?" Uh, and then Amy figures that out as well. I saw something like that at a Marine World show. So I know that SeaWorld has done some really fucked up and horrible <laughs> shit. I'm pretty sure that they weren't controlling the actions of the animals with an electromagnet or whatever they're no. supposing electromagnet <laughs> dildo that's what it you know um i didn't i didn't look all that up you know i only have enough brain power for like one mathematical equation per episode but is that I the think... plot to free willy it's the plot to free willy yes i think it was supposed to be like a clicker like they do clicker training at SeaWorld, and they do it with dogs and cats and mm-hmm. lots of things. I don't think the people who wrote the show understood what clicker training was. Mm-hmm. So they were like, put an antenna on it. It has radio waves. Now it's doing the work for you. 
I think it was a lack of research. Do you know that the original female marital aid was called the clicker? As the brand name. <laughs> it was like the clapper. I don't believe you. Right? <laughs> uh, use your imagination. Didn't give you the clicker. Figure it out. Kinsey discovered it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Like, Ladies will love this. <laughs> so Mr. Bradley continues to talk. His his accent just keeps like changing and, and morphing, as it were. Don't try anything unless you want to mix it up with Roko over there. Sometimes he turns into like a southern gentleman. Sometimes he's British. Now I'm a country lawyer. <laughs> just going to put my thumbs underneath my suspenders oh, and talk about oil. It's so not menacing, the main accent. <laughs> no. He himself is not menacing. So I, I, I'm going to talk through a lot very quickly because there's no dialogue to this. Mr. T puts scuba gear on himself and Robin. And and the dog. Then, right. And the, do- the dog has dog scuba gear, which, fine, whatever. They get chased by the two henchmen who are carrying like rockets. Mr. T defeats them easily. They swim up to their own fucking yacht. Like they're on a goddamn yacht. And then they run into the hero's boat. And now the heroes are underwater. They swim into like an alcove. They end up in the same cave. Mr. Bradley's pontificating. Robin puts him in a net and a rope. And then like literally Mr. Bradley is defeated. And there's still somehow like nine minutes left in this episode. But then Mr. T's like, I'll, I'll, I'll catch your whale for three. But I'll kill it for ten. <laughs> He's just cracking Narragansetts. It's, yeah, uh, it's very Crushing cops and emasculating Richard Dreyfus. I mean, Dreyfus deserved it. To summarize real quick what they're fighting. They have painted a whale yes. with paint that doesn't come off in seawater. It's oil-based, I, uh, I'd imagine. They have trained her to respond to a remote control. They right. have kidnapped her baby to hold her hostage so that they can steal oil, allegedly, from fucking Cape Cod. Yeah, that's right. What's the problem? The suspension of disbelief is very easy on this one, all of that's totally believable. But I mean, I guess the good news is once you've accepted this part of the plot, from here on out, there are no more suspensions of disbelief necessary. Everything makes a lot of sense. Mr. T knows that the whale's name is Roca, and they say Roca a lot in the last few minutes here, which is very like, I miss Mr. Bradley saying it the first time. So I was was like, is he slurring something? Like, what is he trying to say? But he looks at... At Roca, who's the big whale and the baby whale, and he goes, do you want to go whale on some bad guys? And he and Spike grab onto the top fins of the two whales and swim away. Dorsal fin. Whatever. And the, the whales are doing like the classic whale thing of like dipping in and out of the water. You know what I mean? Like they're up and they're down. Somehow like the they're seven- They're like dolphins. The, like Mr. T is strong, so I can see it. Spike is like seven, but he has no problem holding on to this fin. He's not wearing scuba gear anymore, so he's just being- waterboard <laughs> just like my choice did you guys hear the um the sax saxophone jaws music rip yeah <laughs> so good. the whales chase down a full like a motorboat the whales flip the two guys up mr t just walks up to the engine of the motorboat literally rips it out and then throws it <laughs> Which is the most obvious solution. (laughs) Try to stop me. Okay. Just takes (laughs) the engine out and it's done. It's like, yeah, that's a fucking A, right, Mr. T? (laughs) Mr. T's like a Lao Tzu, right? Like he's 
a warrior, but he's also very nice. like poetic. Right. And I think that 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 plays itself out right here. It's T for two, and I'm starting with you. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like a bad fight scene. Robin shows up on like a like a ski do, and then she jumps on the whale's tail. And like it fucking like catapults her into the air and she's front flipping onto the boat and she calls for the cops. Gymnast. Gymnasty. Mm -hmm. It's it's real wild stuff. So the good guys win, the bad guys lose. They are being interviewed by reporters, so now it's a it's a big team effort. Well, I think we've done it, Mr. T. Right. (laughs) Thanks, Mr. T. (laughs) Now they're they're on the beach with the whales. So the whales are just on the shore. Some of the kids are wearing like, you know, little bikini cuts. Uh, it's a little uncomfortable. Like <laughs> cover cover some upper thigh at least, kids. That's that's on you for sexualizing that, Ben. It's no, on it's you. on the show for sexualizing. That's, it's just that's me. It's on you. I'm just an observant fella. Shows mm-hmm. just drew some speedos and you're you're over there sexualizing it, you little pervert. We are who we are. Speaking of <laughs> pervert. Anyway, those are sperm whales. Knock it off, sis. Little smooch at the end there. (laughs) And then finally, after like 15 minutes, the laundry subplot pays off because Miss Bixby (laughs) is like bringing out buckets of soap suds, which they are then using to clean the whales. Then the whales leave and they play like the the Free Willy song and (laughs) all is well with the world. But we're not done. (laughs) We're not done because we're back. With Mr. T and his tight clothes and his his little camp counselees, and we got a couple clips out of this. Here's the beginning. Everything turned out all right. The crooks got caught, and Robin learned something real special: not to be afraid of the green-eyed monster. Anybody know who he is? Godzilla's uh, penis. <laughs> Give him control. <laughs> and here's the end. Get the point? If you do, you'll be right on target. Take it from me, Mr. T. I'll take it from you anytime, Mr. T. <laughs> Good. Huh. He's a beautiful man. Mm. Relate this back to the Chuck Norris cartoon, where Chuck Norris is in a gym and he's talking to you, the viewer, right? Like he's introducing the show. You watch it and it's like, hey, you watch Chuck's story. Here, Mr. T is talking mostly to the kids at the camp. And he's like, here's the caper. Then it's a cartoon. So like put it in the parlance of where he is as a person. They're clearly outside. Does he just tell them the whole story and then we come back? <laughs> I think so. I think that's what that's like what the, I understood. Think of the meta narrative. Yeah. yeah. It's like the John Candy. I want to know. Card, the, the yeah, Candy. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. it just like goes into so many like it's a frame story inside a frame story. I don't know. I just think it's the it's the Greek chorus. We are like part of this audience of children. We're identifying with <laughs> them. We're not the gymnasts, but we're also mm-hmm. you know young kids who have a, a really endearing, nurturing relationship with Mr. T. And that Obviously. persists to this day, you know, 40 years later. Right. T's still relevant. Mr. T loves his mother. Yes. His mother can't possibly be alive. Uh, maybe. Listeners, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at WatchBotsPod on Twitter if you know about the status and whereabouts of Mr. T's mom. Hashtag. Uh, Unsolved Mr. T. <laughs> that's my or, or hashtag love my mommy. One or the other. Oh. So that is... Uh, Mother love. Mr. T, would you show this to a a modern day tumbling youth 
Emily, you are our guest. Yeah, uh, I think it's you fantastic. You watched this as a youth. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I no, watched no a issues. bunch more episodes. I think it's it's the way forward. I'm going to watch right. more when we're done. <laughs> Shailen? Yeah, I would. It's a positive message. Even though the, the dog was shot out of a torpedo tube. He survived. <laughs> the, the, ends, the ends justify the means, and that's the important thing for kids that's to right. know. Dave, show it to a I would show this to every kid, every kid ever, across timelines, across geographies, just every child needs to see this. Yeah, I think I agree. You know, Mr. T, like a lot of cartoons we watch, like they're out of time. Like you can't show kids the Chuck Norris cartoon now because he's a bad person. But Mr. T is still well-known, still beloved. Wholesome. Everybody loves gymnastics, although... Uh, gymnastics coaches have gotten a real bad rap over time, but <laughs> Mr. T is cool. And then let's go with one to five fools to pity, uh, one to five original clickers, uh, one to five gold chains. I don't know. Whatever whatever rating scale you want to use, come up with it on your own. Shailen, kick us off. This cartoon gets five gold chains for me. Wow. There's a lot of questions that I had, but none of them made me dislike it. There's nothing in here that I was like, oh, God, this is terrible. And I'd watch more episodes. I would. Plus, it made me laugh. Emily? I'll give it a 10. 10 gold chains. Because it's perfect. Like me, Mr. D. You just kind of... This wow, is he in the room? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you, hit your, you hit so well. Dude. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I give this five out of five nautical themed denim vests. <laughs> this show was Jaws. It was Das Boot. It was Master and Commander, uh, far and away. It was everything I needed it to be and more. This show is wonderful. It's up there with Rambo for me. <laughs> I'm going to give this four and three quarters. It, a great show, an enjoyable watch. But you guys know I got to have things accurate. I got to dock at a quarter star for not having those kids die on impact. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I can picture your Amazon review needs more kid death. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I just I think the show would have played out just the same if those kids had died. They didn't really add anything from that point forward. I I like how there's no grizzly bears on Cape Cod at all. Mm -hmm. Maybe in a zoo. And you were like, sure, maybe There's like no a, yeah, traveling, a no. traveling. No. Well, just because you've zoo. never seen it doesn't mean it's not there. You fucking non-believer. But but then you're like, like no grizzly bears on Cape Cod. And immediately after you see grizzly bears on Cape, Cod. <laughs> <laughs> there's no grizzly bears on Cape Cod. But like immediately after that, they flip out of the grizzly bear cave, and right. you're like, that's the thing I'm gonna take down. Well, I'm sorry that I don't know the wildlife makeup of Cape Cod. That's like you just know I've the never, wildlife. No, like it's not. There that, are no, no, no. black bears on Cape Cod, so yes. fuck you, Dave. Oh, oh yeah, you fucking oh. eat that. You fucking oh. you science denying. There was clearly a grizzly. I've seen them. <laughs> just kidding. It was They're a fucking horrible. black bear, and they exist brown. on Cape Cod. Yeah, it was brown. Do, 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 black bear. It's because it was, it was founded by the famed explorer Jonas Black. <laughs> That's the only reason. <laughs> black bears could be brown. Ursine body. Black bears can be brown. <sighs> now, five out of five. All that aside, <laughs> uh, believe in science, folks. Get your shots. Cape Cod is flat. <laughs> That's also not true. I'm a flat Cape Codder. <laughs> <laughs> 
How about that? How about that Bourne Bridge, huh? Oh man, that's a real tough one in the summer. Now, <laughs> wish, that, wish that was flat, but the people who jump off it probably don't. Now, see, there's science. People <laughs> jump off the Bourne Bridge and die. And die. That's true. If they fell for six seconds, they would die. Their shoes fall off in the process. And if they were chased by a black bear onto the Bourne Bridge, jump <laughs> off, they would die, and it would all make sense. We all know. And you can't negotiate with the black bear or did any you, bear for that matter. Did you know that a koala bear is not actually a bear? I did. This should just be a bear fact show. Um, I fucking love bears. I would be all over that. What do, do you love that, goofball bears or all bears? Ben, that's a real Ursa major fact you just dropped on us. That's right. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's going to be called Ursa Sacks or something. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll workshop it. <laughs> the dirtier, the better. Coming to a Patreon near you. We'll see. Yeah. Now, Let's play a game because that is a, a thing we unfortunately do. We <laughs> it's part of the format. I feel like you're afraid. You're afraid of this game, Ben. No, no, not really. I think I tend to dread most games at this point. And then we get <laughs> into it, and it's fine. We but, always lose. That's well. It's not fear of losing. It's just like, what road are we going down here? I didn't mean by score. I just mean like at the end of it, we all feel like losers after. <laughs> wow, that's no. not true at all. I hey, came up with hey. Sith milk a couple episodes ago, and I after that episode recorded. <laughs> I went outside yeah. to shovel, and I was like, fuck, yes. I'm Sith a fucking winner. was amazing, Dave. Good yeah. work. Oh, man. You're like Emperor Palpatine's teat. <laughs> Speaking you're of over teat. There, you're over there. You're, you're drinking your wine. You're, you're fucking. It's good wine. You're denying the fun that we have. I wasn't denying fun. We're really fun. falling apart here. I was making fun of us. That's not the same as denying fun. I still blame Dave's denial of bears. That's fair. <laughs> as you should. <laughs> they're not in p-town trust me mm-hmm. but speaking of teat we're broke from format here ben usually we have our guests come up with their own games but in this case emily and i have collaborated i thought that since what? emily was here since emily was here i would treat her and all of you to a game and since it's emily i'd make it fucking filthy <laughs> so it's a little bit mystery it's a little bit mr skin it's none of mr t Mm-hmm. Welcome to the game, Mr. Teats Mysteries. <laughs> Mr. So, Teats. Emily, you can jump in if I get the, the format wrong, but um, you know the game Password? No. <laughs> Very vaguely. <laughs> okay. So, Ben and Shallon, you guys are on a team. Emily and I yeah. are on a team. So, I have emailed Ben and Shallon each. So, if you look at your phone, Shallon, you should have no problem with this. <laughs> if you look at your phone. Check you might hear email. like Shailen like wriggling because she was just nailed to the wall so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I've ignored many notifications during this recording. So You're there welcome. is a, uh, you both have received an email. You do not share your emails with each other. That's just for you only. Oh shit. Um, I shouldn't have shown that to Ben. Damn it. We're Damn all, it. We're always sharing emails. That's what we do. Oh, you, we actually have one email address that yeah, the two of us so both share. Oh, it's, it's, it, it's, it's how you got the shared Facebook account. Oh, God. So now you know how we got flagged. So this is like password. With password, you have a list of words and you pick from them and you have to try to make your, uh, you have to have your partner try to guess what the word is. You can only do one word clues and you only have three clues. And you can't do gestures. Yes. No gestures. Can you do names? So the, the, the list you have are celebrity names. And so if you choose a name, you can't obviously say their name or movies. So you can't say the name of the movie, but you can say actors right. from that movie. And you from can the say, movie. Okay. Yeah. 
So the list, you'll you'll notice a theme, maybe. It's like the classic game of Password, but it's just any 1980s movie that had nudity in it, or any actress that appeared nude in any movie. You know, bare it all, or you know, maybe bare just breasts. Tops. Yeah, bare like on Cape Cod where they don't exist. <laughs> anyway, black bears are on Cape Cod. So. Emily, you have your list too, I believe. I made myself a list, yes. Okay, and I have mine. Let me just pull it up here. All right. So Emily and I will go first to give you guys a taste of how this is going to go. All right, so Dave. Oh, right, the game. If we're going to to begin, (laughs) would you like to give or receive? Um, I would like to receive. So you will, yes. You need to say receive in a Mr. T voice. (laughs) I'll receive. (laughs) All right. That's about what I wanted Denise. <laughs> I don't know. Kravitz. Kravitz. Uh, Nicole Kidman. Cosby. Oh. Mm-hmm. Leonard Part Six. Lisa Bonet. Oh, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Should have that said Jason Cosby, Momoa. I was going to say Lisa Bonet, and then I was like, no, no, no. I think Leonard Part Six had some had some breasts shown in it. You really Lisa bonet that one up. Apparently <laughs> I did. <laughs> My favorite song is Bonet Bonet. <laughs> yeah. So no oh, points for us. All right. right. Team Shaylin and Ben. Who's going to go first? Oh, Shaylin, give the clue first. Okay, Ben. Are you ready? Yes. Do I give the category? Is it like charades? No, you just... No. It's like password. Jake Ryan. It's two words. It's two words. Shit. Say it as one word. Jake Ryan. What if I... (laughs) Okay, that's your first two clues. Ben gets Uh, to guess now. 16 candles. That's a point. Ben got it. Oh. You nodded. It's an audio format. I was saying, I was trying to say yes to you because I thought that was like an encouraging, like, keep guessing. I thought Jake Ryan was a single thing because it was a proper noun. Molly Ringwald. I would have said Denise Cosby if I could have. That's fair. All right. I understand better now. I've never played Password. Dave, I will now receive. (laughs) Here it comes Pacino, Scarface, Barkin. Uh, Alice doesn't live here anymore. <laughs> mm, let's see. Aquatic. God damn it. I know it. <laughs> Let me steal. What the fuck? I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> sea of love. Oh, a oh. watch bots contextual feeling favorite. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. I should have known that. A very erotic thriller. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Shailen. Shailen, here we go. You ready? I'm ready. It's going to be a real spicy one. Booger? <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Nice. <laughs> All right. Ready to receive, Dave? Yeah. I'm, I'm open and ready. Half in, full out. Diaper. <clears throat> Awakenings with Robert De Niro and Robin Williams. Hair. (laughs) 
three men and a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Battery's not included. That little baby's topless the whole time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Didn't Steve Gutenberg hang dong in that movie? And then the midget like hung itself and hum, mm-hmm. hung himself in the back. Humming a humming himself. You got a guess for me, Dave, or shall I give my third and last? I, I guess battery is not included. Oh, pull the old Highlander. Uh, Elmo. <laughs> Diaper hair, Elmo. The day Dave turned into a man. <laughs> uh, follow that bird. And you know what this is, right? No, obviously it's, not. It's to me more. <laughs> I need you to connect the dots, please. So you guys have all seen, or I hope you have, um, or you're not living. The picture of to me more with her pubes is like a giant hair diaper. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I wouldn't have put those two together. And then she was in Saint Elmo's fire. Uh, okay, okay. I, my clues would have been disclosure three times. <laughs> disclosure, disclosure, disclosure. <laughs> Reverse misogyny is one word. Typhonated. <laughs> like Jake Ryan. All right. I'm sure I've talked about this. I checked the book Disclosure out of my school library like a lot when I was in high school because it was so fucking sexy when they're having sex. Cook Crichton wrote the hottest sex scene of my, uh, my teen years. Oh, Kids got a bait. You need some VC Andrews in your life. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> All right, true. Shailen. Bits of Planet by James Patterson, for what it's worth. Um, how can I do this inoffensively? <laughs> I don't think I put anything offensively. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben, ready? Jamie. <laughs> Why don't you give me another clue? Fucker. <laughs> God damn it. Myers. Halloween? Yes. <laughs> nope. Nope. Oh, you were doing the little girl? Oh, Halloween 4? Nope. You gave me... Oh, fuck. I need a third clue, apparently. You need a third clue. Sister. What? PJ Souls? I don't no, know. No, sister. It... No, I've already guessed. I'm out. Motherfucker. It was, it was Jamie Lee Curtis. I mixed it up with Halloween 2. I combined them. <laughs> See, I had her on my list, too. I would have just said gonads. Hermaphrodite. <laughs> <laughs> You had you saw Jamie two Lee words, Curtis right? and had the answer is Halloween. Yeah, because mm. the 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 little but you said her name, cousin, but it's the character's name. She says it in Halloween Four. Yeah, because there's a character named Jamie in Halloween Five. the The little girl has got um she's got PTSD and it makes her sound as if she's been stung by bees. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> I thought it would all connect. Apparently, I was wrong. Well, it, it did connect to the answer that you thought you had, as, as opposed is- to the <laughs> what you actually had. Halloween two, whatever. It was close. That's Mr. Teat's mysteries. All right, Dave. Let's we see. Were close. Hanks. Splash. No. Uh, groom. Joe versus the volcano. <laughs> Celebrate. <laughs> Captain Phillips. Oh, Sully. Um, <laughs> I don't remember Tom Hanks being a Cloud Atlas. Oh, anything. it's right Bach- here. Oh, oh, it's like a bachelor party. Yes. Okay. Yes. You got it. All right. That's a point for us. We are on the board. 
Scores two to one. Ben, you're oh, up. Fuck. All right. All right. Let's see what I got here. Gutenberg. Again. Auga. I don't know. <laughs> Handcuffs. I don't know. Oh, come on. Oh. Oh. What was it? Police Academy. Handcuffs. Oh, mother. <laughs> Damn it. Gutenberg? He was only in two movies. Oh, no, he was in It Takes Two as well. I kept thinking It Takes Two, and that wasn't the right one. Oh, God. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I didn't watch movies until I knew you, other than things that were made before 1960. I think in a time before the world became as fucked up as it is now, like, do you remember before the Olsen twins were 18, somebody in the early days of the internet had, like, Counting. the countdown oh, clock? Yeah, the, the countdown But clock. now, like... Now, like that's like a completely just normal part of society. People would be like, "Oh man, that yeah. that's going on Buzzfeed. That's such a memeable thing." And it's like, "Oh, uh, oh, that that you had been gone to prison decades ago, and probably should go to prison now." I remember that like the first Harry Potter movie came out, and it was like, "There's the Hermione clock." It's like, "Oh, oh my god, what is your problem?" A lot of problems. Um, one Says more the round? guy who made a game called Mister Teats Mystery, so that we can catch up. It's fine, yeah, Mister yeah, Teats. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Travolta. Who's talking? Sun. S U N or S O N? S O N. I don't know the difference. <laughs> Here. Dead. <laughs> oh, broken arrow. <laughs> oh, um, 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 uh, fuck, 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 what's her name? Kelly Prescott. Close. Preston. Preston. Yes. 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 I think that counts. Half point. Because their son is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think like of like, that, Michael? You have a son instead of wife. Her son backflips out I of a cave. To make and that's... <laughs> Liquefied. All right. Chun. Yes. Are you confident in the clue as it was written? I know what the clue is now. Okay. Are we sure? Mostly. I'm going to look at it one more time. <laughs> Passion of the Christ. I think I got it. Uh-huh. All right. Are you ready? Chair. <laughs> Flogging. Time cop. How is that not two words? It's one word. Time cop is, is, a, is a one word movie title. Sloan. Oh, Mia Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Those are good clues, Shailen. Thank you. Time Cop, not the first one I would have gone with, but we got there. Well, I was thinking boobs. <laughs> okay. Who shows their boobs in Time Cop? Van Damme. That's oh, not man. boobs. Remember that cool split does? That's different. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's like pecs. That's a lot of mass right there. All right. Mm. That's a lot of mass. Shall we call it? Yeah. Are the losers? I think so. It's yeah. three to Everybody two. Wins. Everybody although, wins. Everybody wins. Although Shailen feels like a loser, apparently. Yeah, I do feel like a loser because I always feel inadequate at these games. <laughs> well, Dave enjoyed the research for this. I'll tell you that. I sent him a link to <laughs> someone. To a, it's like, here's a, you know, some of the you know, gratuitous nudity in the 80s research for you. You know what's weird to me? It's the year of our Lord 2021, and Mr. Skin is still a viable resource for things like this. And like Mr. Skin goes on the radio, and he like he talks the way that the website reads it's like thanks for the mammaries <laughs> like yeah if you want to see jennifer loves hewitts yeah check out minute three of i i know what you did last summer jennifer lawrence shows off those red sparrows and it's like oh boy what are you doing 
hashtag times up has not reached every corner of the internet yet. Yeah. No. And he makes like, I'm sure he makes like a lot of money. Yeah. He, his net worth is gross. I Googled it while we were playing the game. How much money? I don't know. I I clicked out. It was more than I have. It's a major gross. Actually. It's, it's Uh this 144. It's it's, it's all profit. (laughs) Huge gross. (laughs) It's, what right. is it in terms of uh, bra size? Is it a uh, double D? Is it? Are we on the? Yeah, <laughs> we're into the mid range of the alphabet. There you go. How, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what we're doing here. An N. Let's just, okay, let's do the mailbag. N. I liked eating weird stuff: steak with ketchup, sometimes notebook paper, other totally normal things. At the time, I was all "This is the bomb." Now I'm all "This is not the bomb." Is there any foodstuffs you loved as a kid that now horrify and shock you? Yours, Henry Stinkler. (laughs) (laughs) So the category here is things you you loved as a kid, like weird shit that now you just can't handle. Yeah, I used to love eating pussy, but now. (laughs) Hell yeah. Get quarantined, baby. (laughs) (laughs) It's too Henry Stinkler for you. Stink Hank. (laughs) I can start us off here. When I was a kid, my parents told me about this thing called a a black cow, which was a glass of Pepsi that you poured milk into. No. Oh, and milk and Coke. Yeah, that was a thing. It's supposed to be Coke. Pepsi is disgusting. We we had milk and Pepsi or (laughs) milk and root beer. No correction. They're both disgusting. That is a vile combination. At the time, I recalled it being a delicious thing. I went to make one in the last five years thinking like oh i like that as a kid i wonder what that's like and like i poured the soda and then i poured the milk in and it fucking curdled to the top and it yeah. was just like oh and then i looked up what a black cow actually is and it's it's a coke float like chocolate ice cream inside coke and i went why the fuck did my parents do that that's a lot of different right there i will um, say i had coke and milk as a kid because my brother's oh. friend liked it or maybe he was just like maybe they were fucking with me i was a little sister who knows it's not the worst thing that someone has suggested that i drink but it's like going back now like you can't go home again you know? semen really tops the list yeah, right. <laughs> i feel like most of the things i ate as a child semen excluded too chewy listen we went down a fucking weird road here okay i feel like everything i had as a kid now like I like my. I think my parents were actively trying to have me die. Like my body now is like seventy five percent preservatives as a result of everything I ate until the age of like fifteen. I don't know how I lived this long. Yeah. Sometimes like uh, ham. Yeah, ham. My wife and I will, will when when we go on like road trips or whatever, and we have to stop at a fast food place. We'll eat and I'll feel fine, and then she feels like garbage, and she's like, "Why don't you feel the effects of this awful food?" I was like, "Because that is." 80% of my body. It's just I was raised on that shit. Coated yeah. in this radioactive preservative. Yeah. Are you married to Morgan Spurlock? Yeah. Maybe. I am. I and guess what? Bam. And guess what? His dick tastes like a Whopper. It's amazing. <laughs> Why a Whopper? A Big Mac. Wouldn't it be whatever. like vegetables? Hmm. He eats it. No, it was his body permanently altered because of that experiment. Do you remember when Morgan Spurlock, he self-me-tooed? Nobody called him out, but he just self-me-tooed. And then like, <laughs> Super Size Me Too still came out, and it, it fucking sucked. Well, it was one of those things where he was like, if I get ahead of it, it won't be a problem. And somehow, even if he hadn't he gotten got ahead, ahead of, of it, it, right. it wouldn't have been a problem because he's Ill- irrelevant. He actually renamed the sequel Super Size Me Too. 
<laughs> super, super size hash brown. Me too. <laughs> it seems to me he got a head out of it. Anyway, the category is weird food. All right. So this isn't necessarily weird, but when I think about the fact that I consumed it, I want to vomit. A homeless Turkey sandwich. For the first... I don't know. Until I was like five or six, every time we went to get ice cream, I would always get the bubblegum ice cream because it came with it, it had chiclets in it and you get an extra cup and you could put the chiclets in the cup and then have bubblegum when you were done eating it. But now the smell of bubblegum literally makes me vomit. It doesn't make me wretch. It doesn't make me feel bad. The smell of it. I just puke. I'm allergic to amoxicillin, which is often flavored as bubblegum. I assume that's the association. All I know is. It's disgusting. Bubblegum ice cream should not exist. It's a crime against man, nature, and God. Similarly, gum that comes in a... Well, I don't even know if they make baseball cards anymore, but the gum that came in like the baseball card packs, like that fucking hard... Yeah, broken. Yeah. But dusty, powdery, yeah. You'd have to like leave it in your mouth to melt a bit before you could chew it. Like So you have like a a solid minute of it just being on your tongue like a Eucharist wafer. That's what the production (laughs) assistant for Morgan Spurlock said as well. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like, like, oh, it looks like you supersized me <laughs> yes that, that so may have been dad, a thing he said my yeah. dead father used to make sandwiches called with peanut butter and mayonnaise and he called them the peeny man <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> but I never had one <laughs> what, I was going to say I need, I want, I'm curious about the ratio of peanut butter to mayonnaise it was about half and half like a PB&J kind of thing oh like a, the Arnold Palmer of sandwiches exactly <laughs> the peeny man yeah. Here comes the peeny man. <laughs> but I don't think I ate anything that like shortening dick. I don't know. Shortening is the thing that is interesting to me. We always had a big can of shortening. Yeah. Yeah. We used it when we had rashes. Like we would rub the shortening on ourselves. Lube. When we had rashes, our mom would say, suck it up. And we just kept the rashes. But your parents got divorced, right? That's correct. Uh, so, I mean, it all, I mean, it all even out. <laughs> Serves her right for being a shitty mom. (laughs) Divorce. Reason? Rash. Did you guys ever use... That's not rash and all. (laughs) Like the Crisco can when you had butter like a cake dish. Oh, okay. I didn't think that's where you were going with that. Oh, we're going to make a pie and we don't want to stick to the plate. So just like smear some Crisco on that shit. No, I only use Crisco now when I'm on my... um, my, my business trips uh, overseas oh. when I need to sneak some things back. <laughs> you know, some artifacts for your Hobby Lobby. Some statues, yeah. some artifacts. You They're often biblical. Rub it all over. Yes. You sit you sit it upright and then you just uh, you, you sit down on it. Well, Surprisingly effective on stone tablets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, what's your, what's your baby food that makes you sick now? Two answers here. I was, when I was younger, I would, my grandmother always had like a lot of boxes of those like Nabisco, Nabisco uh, graham crackers, which are delicious. Okay. I would smear them in uh, like, uh, what's it called? Country crock and, and eat that. I would like Whoa. make like graham cracker country crock sandwiches and they were delicious. It's just like butter and brown sugar, <laughs> essentially. It's wonderful. And then like, it's neither real butter nor real brown sugar, but in right, a sense, right. I suppose but you're right. But it tastes like it. <laughs> Never have I wished more that this was a video podcast than when <laughs> you started saying that, because I just felt the puckering of everybody. <laughs> yeah. So 
I ate that a lot. And then like, I don't know, it was like a, it was like a month long thing. I'd be like, yeah, this is delicious. I'd go over my grandma's every Sunday and just, you know, eat those. And then like, I just started feeling really sick after that i was like i don't think i can do this anymore and then like years later i was like oh my god what was i doing to myself just like smearing butter like it was peanut butter on a pbj it was yeah not healthy now i didn't eat this but my uh i was babysitting my little sister and i wasn't watching her i was probably playing nintendo or something but Mm. she had seen a commercial with an apple and cheese together and uh, sure. so I wasn't paying attention to her. She decided to go in the kitchen and take a whole apple and a slice of craft uh, cheese. She put it on top of the apple and she microwaved the apple for about 30 seconds. And I said, <laughs> so I'm still playing, probably playing Mario 64 or something like that. She comes in, I'm trying to like, you know, attack a Goomba. And then she's, she, she, puts this plate in front of me. She goes, I made a snack. And I was like, what is that? She goes, it's an apple. It's a cheese apple. I was like, what? And she bit into it. And the thing was, the, the cheese had melted all over it, but the apple had also immediately died and yep, just brown. was brown. <laughs> so she bit into it and she looked like, she looked like the, um, <laughs> the Shelbyville residents in the Simpsons eating the lemon. <laughs> like, it's really good and i was like okay you can have another one if you want so she ate all of that one and then she made another one the next time and just like proved me wrong the most amazing thing is that the apple didn't explode in the microwave yeah yeah i mean she must have put it in just enough time um but then my mother i was trying to tell my mom what had happened when she came home i was like christine ate this cheese apple it's disgusting and my mom goes where were you and i got in trouble for my sister eating the cheese apple. Oh, that'll teach you to be a tattletale. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. T says, your family's your first team. The only team. The best team. <laughs> Doesn't matter if they eat cheese apples or not. Still, she's still your sister. Don't be jealous. You're wrapping apples and cheese? That's fine. As long as you're a team. <laughs> when I was in high school, like I was a real like moody bitch. Um, and I went oh, and I bought, oh, like, were a you can back of, then? Yeah. yeah. yeah how moody was, were you, you little bitch? Um, I went and I bought a like a can of chocolate frosting because I was like, this is going to make me feel better. And then my mom yelled. Um, it wasn't until years later that I was like, oh, I was like the comic strip character, Kathy. Like I was in a bad mood. So I just was eating chocolate frosting. I'm a fucking Kathy. I wasn't fucking Kathy, but I was like fucking Kathy. Oh, yeah. Whatever gets you through the point. night, man. If you have to fuck Kathy, do what you got to do. Is that what you called the can of pudding or frosting? Fucking Kathy. You sick fuck. <laughs> can of pudding. A can of pudding. You know, pudding, another thing I loved as a child that I'm like, oh, God, pudding. What no, pudding fuck? is great. You're no, wrong. That's, You're wrong. Gross. Pudding is, pudding pudding. is fantastic. Oh. No, no, pudding is objectively, like, awful. The word no. is funny, though. It does sound like a sex no, Yes, the funny. word is very pudding. funny. I won't disagree Pud. with that. I think it's pronounced pudding, and that's, pudding. <laughs> that's different. Uh, it's pronounced pudding. Pudding. It's actually pronounced pudding. feel like a lech. It's pudding. Anyway, thanks, Henry Stinkler. You're welcome. <laughs> you can get, get us at uh, email at watchbotspod.com for uh, short, concise answers to all your questions. <laughs> and whipping through a half an hour episode of a cartoon. <laughs> Just <laughs> over two hours and 15 Just, minutes. Uh, Sorry, folks. I uh, hope you didn't get whiplash from that speed we went through. <laughs> no, people come to the show for science, and I gave it to them. They come for science denying, and that's what Dave gives to them. Mm-hmm. And they come for talk about pudding. So I don't know. That's that's what market research says. <laughs> we put out polls, and it's like market research, and that's what we do. The sample but size that's Mr. Is, 
Yeah. Send out a, a, a pudding <laughs> survey after this. I, I filled up my own survey and I, and I was like, I want science. I want science denial. And I want, um, but, you know, uh, questionable banter. <laughs> 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 Provide all those things. And, and, and I want Emily to laugh that she says, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're going to rape her. Say <laughs> uh, uh, you know. Yeah. So that's the end of another successful episode. Any last Mr. T thoughts? Drink your milk. The fool. <laughs> Drink your milk. Dave, any, any last Mr. T thoughts? It's the pinnacle of cartoons. <laughs> wow, hey, that's hey. a bold statement. I agree. I love it. For me, I'm going to go back. I'm going to watch that boxing match from WrestleMania 2, and I'm going to picture him as the camp counselor uh, that he was here. And maybe that'll that'll cast it in a new light. But but Emily, thank you so much for, for coming back and thank you. jumping on in the middle of the, the never-ending hellscape we live in. And, uh, yeah, anything providing for... your, your insights into underground uh, clubs and <laughs> Mr. T and all this stuff. Like, this is just worlds I did not know. <laughs> Expanding my horizons. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me again. Mm. And Dave and Shailen, well, thanks for the memories. <laughs> <laughs> now, you can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Jiffy at WatchBotsPod. Check us out on those places you listen to us. Put in town. I'm going to make a podcast service called Puddin' Town. It's, it's going to be a billion dollar idea. For the whole gang here, this is Ben. Thank you for listening to another episode of WatchBots. And, um, I, I came for Putting Town. <laughs> putting Town. Boy, what what to take us out this week? I want to hear <laughs> Rowboat. Robo. I want to hear like a, a cacophony Robin. of celebrity impressions given the pros and cons of Cape Cod Bears. <laughs> There's bears. What celebrity was that? That was Mr. T. <laughs> There's bears. Oh my God. The show is over. <laughs> Can't top that. Goodbye. Can't top the show that. is over. <laughs> <laughs>